We were discussing how you spell restaurant while you were in the restroom. I assume incorrectly. Knowing that's, me, that's I how I spelled it incorrectly. incorrectly. Every mm. time, turns out it's R S R E S T A U. I always do U first, like mm. it's restaurant. <laughs> Maybe it's a restaurant. Restaurant. <laughs> what kind of restaurant is this? Mm. All right, that's fine. It's a Bojangles. <laughs> This is stupid. All right, let's do a show then. Uh, Welcome everybody to episode number 49, Random Draw, a board game podcast. I am your host, Daniel Mann. With me as always, Dave Hubbard. That's me. And Mark Belisle. Hey guys. Are you guys swinging at bugs? Well, Dave was swinging at something I thought there there was a gnat at the way the light hit it, but then as I smacked it, it was clearly a very light, gentle piece of dust. I was looking (laughs) down, and when I looked up, it looked like you guys were giving each other air high fives. Yes, that is it. But like... (laughs) Out of sync. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I was just like, whoa, I missed something. Well, I was something. buffering, Dan. <laughs> That's a pretty good joke. Yeah, I mean, I don't love it, but... Well, I'll accept it. Yeah, I mean, it caught me off. It was an IT joke. Uh, so, yeah. So... <laughs> It's very stupid. Stupid. So if you are unfamiliar with the podcast, we are a board game podcast and we discuss board games. Yeah, it's more of this, but also board games. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's more of this. Then we say some words about actual things (laughs) and things get less dumb than real dumb. (laughs) It's cyclical. Yeah. Yeah. You got to ride the wave of stupidity around these parts. And for some reason, we've kept it up for 49 49 episodes. episodes. It's insane. We're almost at episode 50. Next episode is the boomer episode. The boomer episode? Yeah. We become boomers, right? I'm going to get so crotchety. <laughs> do you know what I'd really like, though? A pension. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That'd be great. Man, how like do we get a pension, pension from this? <laughs> Young man, get away from that talk. <laughs> uh, what we do is we're going to discuss three board games that we have played in the recent past. And then uh, we... <laughs> oh, I don't want to lie to him because it wasn't this week. Yeah. It was, we were a little... I want to be we transparent. Were, we were separated this week. It felt weird not having Dave around. I'm Dave, so sorry. Dave was on a camping I w- trip. With I was a, on an excursion with other men. Yeah, not us. Not <laughs> yeah, us, man. It didn't hurt our feelings at all. <laughs> no, we had a great time. So... <laughs> So Dave, every week comes over to my house, and I have um, what's what's that stupid game called? Kingdom Rush. Kingdom Rush, and I've had it for I don't know two months, and it's just been sitting on my shelf. It's a huge box. And Dave goes, "Did you learn the rules of that?" Every week he asks, and then I and go, "Every week you go, no, no." no. And then Dave goes on vacation. I go, "You know what? I'm gonna learn <laughs> Kingdom Rush." I'm so angry about it. That, we'll talk about it next episode when yeah, that, I've gotten to play. That it. is not a game we're going to talk about this week, but it is funny. That's a good bit. It is a fun game. Though. I think Dave will like it. Yeah, I think so. That game's got Dave written all over it. Yeah, you had sure. me at co-op, but that's not what we're talking about today. Today, uh, the very first game we're talking about is Taco versus burrito taco versus burrito let me tell you my favorite thing about this game before we get into taco and or burrito it Mm -hmm. is that your daughter yeah taught us the rules yeah that is awesome yeah and we treated her the same way (laughs) while she was teaching us the rules that we treat each other yeah and she got frustrated yeah and then she got angry at us and i looked over and i was like wow this is what we're really like, isn't it? Like like a nine-year-old is not immune. No. <laughs> so I also should say, I also should say, this was brought to my attention when I got home after they listened to the last podcast. My daughter's birthday is not on the 9th. It is on the 7th. And I had said that it was on the 9th. Whoops. Oh. But it's on the 7th. Same month. Like, That's whatever. Right. Yeah. It's you're close in, enough. You're on the weekend. Please, somebody, somebody. I mean, it's not ever going to get, because Amber is there. Like, it's, and Kira's going to let me know. Like, we're never going to miss her birthday. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Can't remember all these dates. <laughs> it's difficult. Yeah. So, taco versus burrito. Uh, 
my daughter got this for her birthday from mm-hmm. somebody. I don't know. It just showed up one day. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, in Taco versus Burrito, you are starting a restaurant, and your restaurant is uh, just made up of disgusting things. It's yeah. vile. You're it's making a taco slash burrito. Yeah. Your choice. You choose, and it has no effect on the game. None whatsoever. <laughs> yeah, the trick is, do you want to see all of the nastiness that you're putting in there? Yeah, mm-hmm. that put is. Put it in a taco. So there you is... want it all to be hidden from the light of day, <laughs> yeah. put, put it in, in a burrito. burrito. <laughs> so in Taco vs. the Burrito, uh, super easy game. You draw a card off the deck, and then you play a card either into your own stack or into somebody else's taco and or burrito. The base game you play the card face up so everybody sees it and there's an alternate version which i i actually I like prefer. more you play mm-hmm. it face down so nobody can see it so yeah. the the cards are pretty basic a lot of them are like plus one to plus three and those are your ingredients they're like eyeballs and moldy cheese yeah. and toenails half yeah. of a brain right it's just yeah. like weird crazy stuff and then the other stuff are negatives that you can give other people and they are tummy aches, tummy aches yeah and because you're eating disgusting i mean who'd have thought that if you eat a sack full of toenails <laughs> you're <laughs> gonna <laughs> feel kind of bad about <laughs> it oh no my tums up oh my tummy's upset <laughs> what will i ever do so there are some other other cards that come out of the deck there's a health inspector the health inspector obviously shuts you down so you yeah. clean everything out of your uh, pile and out of your hand and you kind of just start over it's mm-hmm. as if you personally had to start the game from scratch while yeah. everyone else gets to continue the <laughs> game to continue that is exactly what that card uh, there's another card that lets you exchange uh, entire stack and hand with another player mm-hmm. um, there are hot sauce cards which basically multiply your whatever you got in there whether it's negative or positive mm-hmm. And then there's like trash pandas that let you go through the discard pile. So there's like a wide variety of cards. So there are some fun. I it, I don't. This game is actually kind of fun. Yeah, I don't hate it. It I is very it. simplistic. So simple. Oh, yeah. so and easy. I will say, if you're playing the face up game, yeah. I mostly find it boring because it's pretty obvious who's going to win the whole game, right? Um, or who you should steal from or whatever. If you play face down, you can be really trolly with it. And you can play mm-hmm. like tummy aches to yourself. Yep. And that. then you can switch burritos with another player and give them all your tummy yeah. aches. Yep. Like, you can just have a little more fun with it. And you can front load down. somebody else's taco or yeah. burrito with a whole bunch of points and then swoop, swoop. in at the very yep. end of the game. And they'll probably as- and they'll assume you're putting tummy aches in their burrito right. when mm-hmm. you're not. There's tons of quote-unquote strategies like that <laughs> uh, on the face-down one. But again, the face-up one, which is like the base like learning game yeah. way to go. It's pretty straightforward. It's pretty straightforward, easy to see. Uh, when it On the face-down one, as soon as you put something in your hand like or in your card deck, you can't look at it again. So there's times where you can steal just an individual card from someone else's like burrito or taco, but no one knows what it is yeah. anymore. So you could try to set yourself up, but mostly it's it's like a lot more luck based um, when stealing. The mm-hmm. whole game is pretty luck based to begin yeah. with. But honestly, it's not bad. But it it's not, it's bad. not bad for what it is for a yeah. very short, yeah. very filler game that kids can play without yeah. a problem. Yeah, it's silly. It's kind of goofy. It definitely like incentivizes kids to learn how to like make that decision of like, well, am I going to load up my own stuff with good stuff? Am I going to trick other people into taking all of my bad stuff? Am I going to hold out for the specific card? Right. Am I gonna, yeah. Right. So it's yeah. actually really cool for like a younger, like a younger audience. It definitely, it was a good gift. I don't, I don't know who got it for, but it, it was definitely a good gift because you always run the risk of with games like that. Mm-hmm. Like, is this going to be um, some generic game that they just throw out that's based for kids and it's garbage oh yeah mm. so that like market is flooded oh my gosh yeah so when i see taco versus burrito i'm like oh my gosh like what's this gonna be we'll <laughs> but see. then we played it and I, I oh this is pretty enjoyable mm-hmm. then we played it face down i was like oh it's much more enjoyable face down 
So I was actually pretty surprised by it. Yeah, I, it's not by any means a game I want to go back it's to a storm, play a bajillion Mark. times, but... Sorry, I heard that thunder. I was like, what "Well, thunder." Happening? Mark got a. I know. Mark I, got got a, I whipped under the desk real quick. Do you want us to get your uh, thunder buddy jacket? <laughs> I'm scared. <laughs> Put it on you. Uh, so Mark, tell us about Taco versus Burrito. Taco versus Burrito, published in 2019 by Hot Taco Inc. <laughs> right. Then they made their own All game right. company. Yep, great name for a game company. It was designed by Alex Butler. This is Alex's first game. He's <laughs> nine years old, by the way. Get you know out what? of here. Yep. Good for him. Yeah. He kickstarted this game at the tender age of seven. Wow. Well, I <laughs> assume wild. his parents kickstarted the game. But yeah, yeah, I feel yeah, like yeah. there's probably some laws associated yeah, with yeah. I, don't, I don't know. Do you think a child could kickstart any product? Probably, I've, no. Probably I would, not, right? I don't think a child could kickstart any project. Yeah, I'm yeah. no lawyer, but I bet you have to click some box that says I'm over 18. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm a, I don't have a legal guardian at this yeah. point. Yeah. Also, I, or a bank account. <laughs> <laughs> so I got a thing from the grand jury saying, like, hey, you're not being selected. You just have to fill out this questionnaire. And then maybe you'll get selected. Oh, man. And I was like, Can I have it? I was like, <laughs> Yeah, because I don't want it. But it was just like, I selected two things, and it's like, Whoa, whoa, you can't be both the guardian and the over 18. <laughs> I was just like, I can. <laughs> did not like that. Side note, I did grand jury duty for six months and i loved it yeah like, I if that was just a regular thing if i could just every other monday i go do grand jury yep. duty i would totally have kept doing it i Dave really Hubbard. enjoyed it here's my card professional juror <laughs> <laughs> oh let me tell you you get paid 20 dollars a day what for a, doing jury duty yeah so there most days you're making two dollars an hour what a that. what a deal it's pretty much hey man here's gas and lunch that is yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like hey thanks and for, you have uh, to go to wilmington for it no no i just had to go to georgetown which oh is, okay. that's yeah. better you were the foreman. Yes, I was the foreman. You I got were, elected the foreman. You were yeah, the guy because you, you were the bullying you were the everyone around. Guy. No, I think because I was Mr. Justice. I was the only one who was excited to be there. <laughs> Senor Justice. Oh, David Justice, former baseball player, yeah. and now grand jury foreman. You should have added Esquire to your business card <laughs> <laughs> upon election of the foreman. David Justice Hubbard. <laughs> I'm mostly just really good at reading out loud. I think that's oh, okay. like that's the qualification to be the foreman. Can you read out loud good? Can you, <laughs> can you read good or no? No good. Listen, are you going to botch this line read in public? <laughs> oh, man. Some of those names. Whew. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm not interested. I hope I don't get selected. But I couldn't find the place where I could make some off-color comments to get me out of it. So. <laughs> uh, and so the art was also done by <laughs> Back to Taco vs. Burrito. Unlike uh, Lady Justice, I can see just fine. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, the art was done by Anonymous Typing Monkey, Leslie Pearson, Alex Butler's mom, what's, what's, and Kersley okay. Potter. This is all of their first games. What's Anonymous Typing Monkey? That's just what the art was credited on. I have <laughs> wow. no idea. I love everything about <laughs> this that. This game's wild. <laughs> yep, yep. Anonymous Typing Monkey. I have no idea if that's a dude, if that's an actual monkey. Maybe it's a group. A what consortium, it, if you will. What yeah. is that thing? If you get enough monkeys and typewriters, eventually you'll get Shakespeare. Yeah. Theoretically. It'll, it'll Theoretically. take significantly less time to type up Taco versus Burrito. <laughs> but if you can pump out some Taco versus Burrito, yeah, yeah. we got a hit on our hands. <laughs> I'll tell you what. I didn't see any typos in that game. So <laughs> That's true. Right. Those are smart simians. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> Let's rate Taco versus Burrito on a scale of 1 to 10. We don't use the number 7 because that is a cop-out. Uh, Mark. How many tostadas would you give Taco versus Burrito? <laughs> One to ten, not using the number seven. I like I like a tostada because when they serve them, they got like ice cream scoop or refried beans right on the. Is top. the tostada oh, the open face one? Yeah, I think so. Right, that, I, that's the. I don't care for that. Okay, I wrap my tortilla around it in some form. I generally order Mexican food based upon the photograph because I'm not good at remembering what the things <laughs> it's just, are. It's just Dave holding up a menu and pointing. <laughs> 
Well, they're all numbered most times. Like, yeah. I'll take a number 75. <laughs> I see that it has Poyo in it. <laughs> I am a fan of Poyo. <laughs> Where's your Poyo section? <laughs> Polio. I love it, man. This is clearly oh. the dumbest. Oh, podcast. this Mexican food's got polio. It's two L's. <laughs> oh, this makes man. a Y. <laughs> you know, this game was. Uh, <laughs> I derailed him. He surely did. I'm just struck dumb. <laughs> Gets polio. Well, I have that effect on people. The polio. Um, <laughs> so this game oh. is not a game I would like love playing all the time. But when you do you play, it, play with it a, a kid, million times, I would not play it a million times. Okay. Which is like how I think I'm gonna like think about every game since yeah. your wife. Well, since, stay tuned. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah, we'll stay talk tuned. about that. Uh, <laughs> but it is like better than average, and I will say it's actually a really fun like learning game for kids. So I'm gonna give it a pretty solid eight out of uh, ten tostadas. <laughs> I love. Toast Good job. Stuff. It's not for me, but I will say like you it know was, if it, you need a filler game that you can play with a kid who is gonna get hyped about eating toenails. Yeah, it was. It was <laughs> Boy, do we have a game for you, <laughs> uh, Dave? Taco versus burrito, one to ten. Not using the number seven. How many tostadas would you give Taco versus burrito? Uh, for what it is, absolutely. This game is solidly yeah. an eight. Like when it comes to, I've played a lot of children's games, mostly thanks to Dan's daughter. Not because I do this on my own. Sure. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. is, is what I'm going to say publicly. <laughs> and uh, I have to say, like, I am always a proponent of any child's game that encourages thinking and choice making with the child. Yeah. yeah. And that this game gives it. There's small enough choices that you're never overwhelmed, but it's enough there to have some fun with. So, yeah, solid yep. eight kids game. Dig it. Uh, Dan, Taco vs. Burrito, one to ten, not using number seven. How many tostadas would I give Taco vs. Burrito? I'm with you guys. Uh, eight, I've played this way more than you guys have. <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> um, but, but when she brings it up, it's not, uh, I don't have a problem with playing yeah. it. Uh, we have another game that's, like, in the same vein, like Trash Panda, and this is far better to play than Trash Panda. And I don't hate Trash Panda. Uh, but just This one's more decision and less luck. Way less luck. Because yeah. Trash Panda, it's you dice. can just roll a dice and not get any. Anything. Mm-hmm. I watched Dan do it like four turns in I a row. Know, I know. <laughs> and then everyone's like, why aren't you trying harder? I was like, I, I yep. don't know what to Roll do. Yeah, what better. do you suck at this game? Yeah, I, I don't know what to say, I guess. Uh, yeah, so the eights for me. Taco versus Burrito, really good game. If you have kids, if you're an adult game group, I probably wouldn't bring this to the table. I, yeah, if it's an all-adult game group, I wouldn't purchase this. No, but if you got some kids, I think it's an excellent yeah. uh, idea. Uh, next game up, we played from one of our new favorite publishers, uh, we played. We, we played. Uh, <laughs> let's talk. Knock this chair over. <laughs> we played uh, Pan Am. Pan Am. Shockingly enjoyable. Yeah, yeah. That's what I'll say about this the whole game. time before. I was like, stupid game. And then Mark was describing it. I was like, oh my god, stupid, stupid game. game. Well, then he's I- teaching <laughs> us the rules. And I was like, oh, stupid, stupid game. Stupid game. Then we played it. And I was like, hey, that game's not stupid at all. As Mark was describing the rules, and I was staring at the board, I thought it was going to be Ticket to Ride with airplanes. Mm-hmm. And I don't care for Ticket to Ride. So I was not excited about it. Yeah, it's always so funny when I start, like, especially with, like, studios like Prospera Hall. Yeah. Where you never know exactly, like, how the rules explanation is going to go. Because a lot of the games that they produce are, like, pretty simple. Like, they're kind of the perfect gateway games into, like, bigger concepts of, you know, like, uh, board gaming as a designer hobby, you know? Yeah, but regardless of how hard they are, we're not going to pay attention. So, like, you have that hurdle to overcome. Yeah, I mean, so that's, that's, like, that's that's up to you, the instructor. Uh, Oh. Hmm. Did that just erase everything? (laughs) Oh, hey, hold on. We're still recording. We're still going. our backup generator came on, but... Yeah. This is your captain speaking. We've run into a a little bit of turbulence. So if you just heard that last little part... (laughs) 
so we're having a thunderstorm here, and we we record our show in a radio station, like a actual radio station, and it's light, a living. Yeah, it's a living. <laughs> and lightning hit somewhere close to us, and yeah. the power went out here, and it actually knocked the radio station off the air. So it was a good thing Dave was here because he does radio stuff. <laughs> yeah. I just spent the last fifteen minutes getting yeah. my three frequencies of radio back on the air. Yeah. It was so funny because you just emerged from within the cabinet, and you're completely <laughs> covered in wires. Yeah, <laughs> radio fixed. <laughs> like, oh, good. Very shocking amount of wires down there. <laughs> I'm like taking panels off of everything down yeah. here, crawling in. Yeah, you on the like, phone with our engineer. <laughs> I almost mistook you for a professional. <laughs> <laughs> whoa, whoa, that's Dave, going a little far, Mark. Dave yeah, put his yeah. hair back in a bun. He's yeah. like, time to get to work, ladies. <laughs> yeah, he like he had, he, well, you know, it's always so funny because I've seen him with the uh, the little hair tie on his wrist for like, that makes weeks sense now. now. Yeah, yeah. and now it's, it's like professional time. He, he, he had a bunch. Back and, he had a bunch of little tiny rubber bands, and he put them in his beard like Captain. Lou Albana. <laughs> <laughs> that's anyway, a very specific joke. That's a very specific <laughs> it joke. really was. As a, as, that's for somebody you out there. You have to be a certain <laughs> generation and watch a certain show just to get that. So, uh, uh, so apparently it uh, didn't erase all of the things we recorded hey, that's for cool. yeah, the last that's, half hour. So. That's a good feeling because uh, I don't know. That would have been a bummer. I would have walked right out. <laughs> yeah, it would have been like, sorry, like, guys. It eh, wasn't meant to be. Sorry, guys. No show this week. <laughs> we did our best. Yeah. We tried. Um, so, yeah, we were discussing Pan how in. incredibly yeah. difficult it is to teach rules to our group. Yeah, no. That's, uh, yeah. No. We made a nine-year-old yell at us. Like, yeah. I think yeah. we're not so, good at listening. So you never really know what the group's thinking about a game until, like... It actually starts like unfolding before mm-hmm, them. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Pan Am takes place during the 1960s air travel rush. The roaring 60s. Yeah. Mm, a time when people were paid appropriate wages for labor. Were they really and just- all of the stewardesses had to be hot. Yeah, yeah, that's very true. I mean, you had leg room. I don't know if you guys have flown recently. I it's haven't flown terrible. in the 1960s. Yeah, let me tell you what they won't let me do on airplanes. <laughs> Smoke. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so Pan Am, it, we all, like, you in the game, you are playing as independent airlines. You're yeah. not Pan Am. No. Not, no. I'm trying to get Pan Am to buy you. Yeah, so this game is about coming in second to Pan Am. Yeah. <laughs> Whoever yep. can come in second to Pan Am wins this game. Yes, for sure. And it's so funny because when this game starts... You don't see a lot of movement out of Pan Am. No, they're just they're just getting their flying legs yeah. going. They're getting their uh, training wheels off. Mm-hmm. Their training yep. wings. Yep. And then slowly Some throughout the course of the game, you start to see Pan Am expand further and further yeah. and further away from Miami. What they do is they simply purchase your routes. You yeah. may ask yourself, well, let's say that in this game, Pan Am wants to purchase a route from you. What can you do about that? And the answer is sell that route sell to Pan Am. Route. You don't have say. <laughs> the end. <laughs> And at first, so at the beginning of this game, I go, oh, I don't want Pan Am to buy my route. I need to stay far away from Pan Am. And then later in the game, I'm like, oh, my God, I hope they buy all of my routes. That's how I'm going to make some sweet cash. (laughs) Yeah. Because you're trying to buy uh, stock in Pan Am. Right. You are doing some sort of shady trading here. I think it's one of those just you see the writing on the wall. Like, you know that your business, your company is short lived Uh and Pan Am is the up and comer. So at least you might as well hitch your wagon to that train. Right. I'll yeah. never sur- survive. I mean, in the long run, neither will Pan Am. But <laughs> yeah. you didn't you didn't know that part. But for yeah. the scope of this game. Yeah. <laughs> and it's so funny because there's this interesting balancing act that happens throughout the course of this game that you have to consciously decide how much money am I going to invest into my airline? 
and how much money am I going to use to buy Pan Am stock? That mm-hmm. is how you played the game. Pan yeah. Am stock is how you win the game. That you, is, yeah. The Pan Am stock time. is victory points. Yeah, yeah. And if you, you have to buy it, well, and if you could have bought Pan Am stock early in Pan Am's career mm-hmm. and then sold it at an appropriate time, you too would have won. Life. You don't want to sell Pan Am stock in the 1990s. <laughs> no, no. I mean, you definitely don't want to hold on to Pan Am stock <laughs> in the 1990s. This is purely a worker placement game. You have a bunch of engineers that you dispatch around the board, and they mm. do different stuff depending on where you put them. You can draft um, airlines. You can buy uh, new airplanes. You can upgrade your fleet. You can get executive orders in order to like have cool like side scoring things that happen. So there's a lot. There's a lot of stuff on the board for you to do. And unfortunately, there's not that many spaces available. Yeah, I and I gotta say another interesting thing about spaces on the board. Mm-hmm. Because it is an airline board, it is a fascinating looking map of the world. Yeah, yeah. Because it's not based like, especially here in the United States, where we're used to seeing the United States as the focal point of a world map, and this isn't even in that general area. Mm-hmm. It's like tilted, and everything's distorted, distorted, in like a really weird, crazy way. Like, it's, it's almost like, like you took a globe and then tried to flatten it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> for, if, exactly. That's exactly how it looks. I Which mean, is it, weird because it would make more sense if you just took a picture of our flat world. It, it's you know? such a yeah, why un- are you pretending it's a globe? Yeah, <laughs> I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> so silly. So it's, this game is about not flying past the ice walls on yeah. the edge oh, of the flat. Earth. Yeah, there be yeah, dragons. Yeah. 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 Uh-huh. yeah. Well, you don't want to like go too far. Is well, the thing. I do like turtles. I want to go see that guy. <laughs> yeah, it's turtles all the way down. <laughs> <laughs> so it, yeah, and it's a lot of that. There's actually. A really cool space in this that pretty much allows you to save a worker mm-hmm. for next round. Everyone can put one here, but you can put multiple there, and you're just going to go like you're going to take your turns first in the next round right. because you placed it here. Well, it's all and, super useful, and you get like a bonus card, yeah, like a card the, that does you, a special action. You yeah. get the executive actions for it. Oh, yeah, so it, was sorry. Su- it was such. A, <laughs> I didn't know they were called executive actions. Yeah, well, Dave, listen, baby, you've got to get rules, the terminology. Dave. Maybe you should have paid attention during rules explanation. This is we why, all know that's not going to happen. This is why I bricked you in Pan Am. Jokes on you, Pan Am bricked all of us. Yeah, that's true. You know the real winner here, Pan Am. Yeah. So, do you think that like people in the '60s thought that air travel was going to get more comfortable? So the only that's... like basis I have for the '60s is Mad Men, mm-hmm. and uh, so I just assume it was just all cigars and sexism. Yeah, because well, like first, well, first class now. Yeah. is less comfortable than normal planes were in the 60s. Yeah. Like when it comes to space around you. Mm-hmm. And once again, I would take up smoking if I knew I could smoke on an airplane. That's what's holding That's me what's back holding from you smoking. Back. <laughs> it's just like I know that I if I see fly that. someday, I, was, I can't uh, smoke on an airplane. And here I was thinking is how uh, the FDA is like, hey, no more menthols. <laughs> no more menthols. That is another thing. <laughs> Dave's Dave's down at the store getting filterless yeah. Pall Mall cigarettes. Yeah. It's the only thing I'll smoke on an airplane. <laughs> on <Yeah>. an airplane. <laughs> Dave, Dave just walks up to the register and is like, two packs of Chesterfields, please. Yeah. <laughs> no, I roll my own. I'm going to smoke these in an airline bathroom. <laughs> like God intended. <laughs> Like God said in the Bible, (laughs) the 11th commandment, thou shalt smoke in an airline bathroom. It it got broken off the tablet. (laughs) I heard Moses dropped it. (laughs) Uh, Now that we've offended everybody. Yeah, it's fine. Like the rest of the episode didn't do that. That's true. If you're not offended by now, then... 
Just stick around, I guess. Yeah, stick around, <laughs> stick around for the soon poop stories. Yeah, <laughs> so much poop. The much later poop stories. Uh, so the other thing I thought was really cool is that each turn is a like a different decade. Yeah. And yeah. So you, there are real-world events that happen within the course of the decade that influence the price of the Pan Am stock. And they also let you do other things. So, like, for example... World War II air mobilization lets you just sell planes for yeah. kind of an exorbitant amount of money. Right, because you're selling it to the government. Mm-hmm. Right, right. So it's like, hey, oh, I got this like shifty little uh, airliner that I guess you could yeah. drop bombs out of. Yeah, <laughs> strap <laughs> some machine guns of that bad boy. Yeah. You're set. Open the window on the Cessna. Chuck <laughs> <laughs> her on out. Drop a bunch of bombs out. What could go wrong? Yeah. <laughs> you're basically yeah. dropping grenades out yeah, of this thing. it's fine. <laughs> I was like how the first air raids were in World War II they, yeah. or World War One. They were just like janky airplanes that they like literally <laughs> held bombs out of and then just dropped it there we go stuff. Good if luck. it works it works yeah it was really cool but uh, yeah i mean this game depending on the people you're playing with it can be like quite competitive as far as like who's gonna take what routes because you have to have matching suites of airlines in order suits. to expand your routes to different areas and so certain like Technology is not even unlocked until much later in the game. Yeah, which I thought was interesting. Yeah. You can only build little little guy planes in the beginning. Yeah, and then, and then you mm-hmm. can by the end you can get these big old dudes that can fly across the big mm-hmm. old jet airliners. Big old jet old airliners. <laughs> yeah, and then so the routes <laughs> then that you're getting can be longer and longer as you get bigger. And planes. you get more money for that if Pan Am absorbs yeah. it. Yeah, when Pan when Am Pan Am absorbs it, it. <laughs> Pan Am buys it. Well, that was another thing I realized. Well, Dan and I realized because we had not played this game before. Like we tried to stay so far away from Pan Am, and yeah. the end of game you're just and they're like, come on, Pan Am, buy my Now airline. I'm trying to fly directly at Pan Am. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's like, no, no, uh, here I am. Yeah. Look at this route. It's awesome. <laughs> my only complaint about this game is my misunderstanding of a rule. <laughs> <Go> <laughs> because at the very end of the game, I got one of the cards I had allowed me to look at the top card of the event deck. So mm-hmm. I knew the next event coming up. And it was like, oh, if you have your guys on the delayed put out thing, then you... Uh, get X amount of stock. And I was like, oh my gosh, I'm just going to load up guys there. Well, it meant next round. Mm. And I didn't understand. Oh, I thought it meant yeah. that round. So I'm just like, I remember putting guys, that. Yeah, that I'm was just a... like putting guys over there like, Haha, idiots. <laughs> and then you're like, no, that's not how it works. And I was like, whoops. <laughs> Probably blew this then. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, I, it didn't really matter. I think Mark had our stock combined. I had a ton of stock. I had a ton of stock. And I, I think that would have put me over the yeah, top. It was but, pretty close. Yeah, like, but it was, it was. I didn't. I like to brag and say I curb stomped everybody. But I mean, most of the time when I win, it's just by the hair of my chinny yeah. chin. Yeah. It's, not, it's, it's not a lot. It's pretty rare that I monster mash somebody in a game. I'm no Amber. Yeah, I'm yeah, no yeah, Amber. yeah, yeah. I just, I just happen to make one fewer mistake than somebody else. But yeah, yeah overall, I mean, the components are really cool. Mm-hmm. Like they're super bright and colorful. Although I think there is gray. That's kind of a bummer. I wish they yeah. picked like a brighter color. Yeah, that was the that's one. It's always bummer. like a big complaint. Like yeah. just pick more. Co- There's so know, many does, colors. Does, like pink dye costs that much. I don't know. I've never tried to purchase in bulk pink dye. Yeah, I don't know how much it would. Turns cost out, to, I don't like, know anything use... about pink dye or yeah. plastic work. I'd be the worst <laughs> Kickstart runner. I know yeah. how it even works. And it's got to be like twenty bucks, right? <laughs> yeah, three thousand dollars. Yeah, yeah. it's China. Yeah. It can't be that. Much. Oh, okay. That's why they picked gray. It's just so weird to have like green and yellow and red and then just. Gray. gray yeah it's metal mm-hmm. and i would love to see like is some, it metal is it metal <laughs> yeah it's like actually metal yeah welcome to skeleton lords airlines <laughs> <laughs>
Um, the thing I would love to kind of see, and I know that Prospero Hall doesn't do a lot of like expansion work. No, they don't. But I would love to see like a five or six player variant of yeah. this game with some extra stuff to do. They're I think too be kinda busy cool. putting out awesome games. Yeah, except uh, for that one we played. It would be the Moon <laughs> expansion. Oh, the Moon. Yeah, we're going, to the moon. going straight to, to the, the Moon. moon. <laughs> all that Pan Am stock. All that Pan Am stock. Right got all to the Moon, baby. All these Pan Am stocks. You know, and we're going and, to the Moon until bankruptcy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Mark, tell us about Pan Am. Ooh, Pan Am was published in, hold on, go to notes. 2020. 2020, Nailed correct, it. by Funko Games. Yeah. They also published Back to the Future, colon, Back in Time. Also good game. Great Stupid game. title. Stupid title. Great game. Great was, game. You want to hear our full thoughts about that game? Check episode 41, Back to Princess oh, Jaws. Man. Good job, Mark. And the design and art was done by Prospero Hall. Groundhog Day, Back to the Future, Back in Time, uh, Yacht, Yacht Rock. Rock. <laughs> Are we talking about that game this episode? No, no. no. Perhaps <laughs> episode 50, <laughs> your special treat will yeah. be Yacht Rock. Here's yeah. an inside hint. I hate it. <laughs> I didn't mind it. <laughs> yeah, so that's, that's your good time information about Pan Am. Pan Am. Dave, Pan Am, published in 2020. <laughs> How would you score Pan Am 1 to 10, not using the number 7? How many American Airlines would you give Pan Am? Oh, man. Well, I would certainly give it more legroom than American Airlines would mm-hmm. give me. Um, I had a shocking amount of fun playing this game. Uh, this game is a solid 8 to me. It still suffered from a little bit of the plan your route, ticket to ride stuff, but yeah. then it added so much fun actions to do with the worker placement yep. portion mm-hmm. of the game that it totally skyrocketed to a better game to me. Yeah. So, yeah. solid eight. Uh, Dan, Pan Am, one to ten, not using number seven. How many American Airlines would you give Pan Am? I'm also going to go eight. I like this game a lot. I thought it was going to be stupid. Stupid idea. <laughs> stupid uh, teaching moments. But it turns out the game was really fun. I like how you use the cards to plan your routes, and it doesn't pigeonhole you because you can use like doubles to give yourself wherever you need to go. Yeah. Plus, mm-hmm. you can build airports too. You could build airports wherever touch you need on that. to. Yeah. yeah, there's a there's a definitely a lot you could do in this game, and that's what I like. Even though I was, I'm not always the best at maximizing those. Like I kind of <laughs> like I get tunnel vision. Like oh, I should do this non-stop for the next hour and a half mm-hmm. <laughs> and then i'm like oh my god how did i lose by 20 <laughs> but I, I mean the game was super fun i, I definitely played again not a million times but i played again uh pan, i'm gonna give it an a <laughs> i like that that's the new rating is like, not a million would time. you play it a million times yeah i wouldn't play it a million okay. times but it's fun uh mark pan am one to ten not using number seven how many american airlines would you give pan Ooh, am? i like this game a lot um all the things you guys kind of touched on i will just second that 100 percent I am. The board is super visually interesting. I've never seen that particular projection of the world before. Yeah, I really did enjoy that. I yeah. will say it does take me like a couple minutes looking at it. Like, what is this? Yeah, like, where is are this these a places? made up world? <laughs> like, I'm not terrible geography, but I was yeah. real confused. And it's in so that funny game. because it's like, it's like just place. <laughs> it's just different enough that you kind of don't know where stuff yeah. should be. Yeah. What is this dune? <laughs> is this the great sand city of Arrakis? <laughs> How much spice do I have to ship? Yeah, is this oh. a spice game? Oh man. That's the one thing you know gotta know about Pan Am is that he who controls the spice controls. <laughs> yeah. You know the who Pan controls Am. the spice? Pan Am. Pan Am. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah they do. Yeah. Uh, so this game is. I'm gonna go a little higher than you guys. Give me a nine. It's Ooh, it's it's, like, kind of, it's kind of the perfect length too. You look at it, it you know, like seven rounds. That's kind of long, but it goes by it quick, goes especially by with full player count, which was uh, four. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, give me a nine. Nine. I, I dig it. <laughs> what did you, you say? I dig it. Oh, okay. <laughs> What do you think I said? Well, no idea. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I just heard you say something. And I was like, huh. I didn't know what I didn't catch that. Mumbles over here. Uh, that's all right. 
I'm master of mumbling. I love to mumble. <laughs> the last game we t- we're going to talk about today is Rival Restaurants. Oh, that's, yeah. Rival yep. Restaurants. So, so uh, Rival Restaurants, you are a restaurateur, and you mm-hmm. are trying to produce the best meals you can. And I got to say, I did not expect this game to be what it was. <laughs> no. At I'm all. not sure what I thought it was. So we played Foodies recently. Mm-hmm. And uh, this couldn't be more different. Well, than and the I game. think when you started explaining it to me, I was like, oh, it's foodies. And well, then you opened the like, board and I was like, no, it's not. And it's like, oh, wow, what's that thing in the center there? The box is like moderately similar, like there's chefs on the cover. Yeah. And it's mm-hmm. just like, it's the similar theme, but it's like, I prefer this game a million times to foodies. Agreed. Yeah, this yeah, game's great. For sure. So in rival restaurants, you get a specific nationality of a restaurant and you get yourself a chef. Your uh, nationality restaurant has powers as you get thumbs up, which is victory points. Mm -hmm. And then your chef has its own special ability. Mm -hmm. And there's a ton of these in the game. So they can be mix and match. Yeah, like I was a Japanese restaurant with like a South American chef. Uh, Rory, I think, was a Mexican restaurant, mm-hmm. and yeah. he had like a Korean chef or something. Yeah, it's yeah. wild. They and and the nationalities don't really matter in anything, other than when you're creating your meals. If your nationality matches your restaurant, you get an extra thumbs up. That's yeah. the only thing. It's, that, it's like extra, a little extra for sticking to the theme. Yeah, yeah, because I mean sushi in my Japanese restaurant, so checks mm-hmm. out. <laughs> As opposed to this burrito. <laughs> so, so in this game, I'll have the burrito maki, please. <laughs> so in oh. this game, there are uh, one, two, three, four. Five, six stations, seven technically if you count the island, that you can go to. Mm-hmm. And they're broken up by f- food groups, if yeah. you will. Vegetables, fruit, the uh, meats. meats, dairy. Uh, There's the cheesemonger. No, that's the dairy. That's the dairy. That's dairy. You've got and the grains. Grains. The and then the... there is like weird stuff yeah there's like alien goo alien goo chocolate <laughs> wine, wine. They go tofu, tofu goes yeah, over that's, there that's the big one and me. then there's the island where you can go buy upgrades and get rid of your trash yeah so, so trash was a fascinating mechanic in this game absolutely so anytime you ended up creating a meal that meal uh produced trash because a packaging or whatever mm-hmm. so makes sense if, to me. if you mm-hmm. make I've a cooked. there's two different kinds of meals there's your basic meal which is less ingredients and there's a gourmet meal mm-hmm. more ingredients more thumbs up but more garbage produced mm-hmm. a lot more garbage so the way the core of the game is when you get your your recipes it'll say exactly what it needs on there it needs butter it needs a spaghetti it needs sauce whatever and then you're going to go out into uh, the market and try to get these things you can only go to one section each round Mm -hmm. so you have one minute you have this little dial you put the dial down and you go to each market you have one minute in this market you can only buy stuff crazy like it has a timer it's crazy so in this one minute you buy something from your market which there's face-up things on the counter or you can go back on the shelf and just randomly pick cards and they cost the same amount of money and you're going to want to trade goods. So you're oh, yeah. trading everything. You're trading money. You're trading garbage. You're mm-hmm. trading recipes. recipes. You're trading whatever you can get it's, to make your menu. It's so cool. It's so fun. Every game should have open market. Yeah, it's so <laughs> Anytime it's such a blast. I can wildly trade and or bargain with my friends is always a good time. Yeah, Especially when it, the time limit is 60 seconds. 60 seconds. <laughs> you're just yelling about Because then stuff. you're like, you're more apt to make bad deals because you <laughs> because you want it done like you yeah, like yeah. i i need just one item left to complete this recipe it only costs a hundred dollars but i don't have one 
and Dave's got one, mm-hmm. but he needs meat, which costs three hundred dollars. Like I'm gonna trade him a meat. I don't care. I need to complete this recipe. I, yeah, it and just also has this, to be done. It doesn't matter that this meat cost me three hundred dollars. It is useless to me. Yeah, like it is valueless it. to me. Yeah. So unless like in theory, so when you go out, you should probably collect a lot of goods. Because next time you get another recipe, who knows, hopefully the stuff's on there, but also gives you stuff to trade Mm -hmm. to everybody else. Uh, When you go to the island, you can get rid of your garbage. You pay 100 per garbage to get rid of it, or you can upgrade. So at the beginning of each round, you get $300. Uh, But if you get a a celebrity endorsement, that gets you another $100. Or a social marketing person, social social media marketing. Gets you you another 100 100 bucks. Uh, you can make a double cooktop, so you can cook both meals at once. Which just, is a thing I realized I cheated at because I completely forgot that existed, and you couldn't cook both meals at once. Yeah, you can. I know, did it. Yeah. I did it one time, and I lost the game, so it, <laughs> it didn't matter. But. Yeah, you can only cook uh, one item or one uh, recipe at a time unless you have the double cooktop. Yeah. Um, and then you can buy action cards, and action cards are just uh, they do wild stuff. I never got one. Really, game. never got. There's one. a bunch of them that cancel action cards, mm-hmm. and then there's a bunch that just are insane like (laughs) like amber got one last game that um she was about to win and she closed everyone else's kitchens so you couldn't cook your recipes Uh, that turn so she's cooking recipes and we couldn't even though we had the stuff to Mm -hmm. cook them a restaurant was closed down it adds an extra layer on that and as you're getting these thumbs up and you're going down it only plays to 20 so as you're getting your thumbs up once you get like three or four thumbs up you get a special power Mm -hmm. and you go up to whatever six you get a special Mm -hmm. power and just keep you get there's like three or four special powers in there but it's just like so much fun and it's not too complicated it's really easy Mm -hmm. kira plays it and it's just like negotiating fun yeah and that's like the core of the game and it's a blast it's really cool and then just the joy of like going to uh, a market with the same person and yeah. being, having a power that's like, you know, you got to get out of here. Yeah. So that's yeah. what a lot of the chef's powers do that. Some of the chef's powers help you buy things from other, like the chef I was is like, if I'm on one market, I can buy something off the, a blind draw off of somewhere else. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and it just cost me 100. So I do that once. Uh, but like Amber's was like, she blocked the counter. She blocked the She's counter. A big you, old can't, chubby yeah, chef. you can't buy anything from the counter. You can only buy from the, from the um, wall or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mine was fun. If I wanted to go somewhere else, I could swap places with any other chef yeah. on the board. And sometimes that comes into play because Rory's was that if you're at the same counter as him, you have to you have pay, pay him. him money. Yeah. And so like the one or two times I got stuck next to Rory, I was like, nope. Yes. <laughs> you got to someone else <laughs> next you gotta to go, buddy. No, thank you. So I could just forcibly swap places with another mm. chef. But that's the good thing. Like even if you get swapped somewhere else, you could still buy wherever you went. Oh, you yeah. You get something there. Even if you don't need it, maybe someone else does. Yeah. And you can negotiate at any part during the game. But you can't trade except for in that one minute period. Yeah. But the problem with negotiating is everybody hears you negotiating. Yeah. So if you're like, yeah, I'll get you that butter, then another player could be like, all right, and put themselves on the butter too. Like, Mm -hmm. especially if they need a butter, then it comes down to a bidding. Mm -hmm. And the bidding just works like anything else in the game. You're just bidding money. And whoever bids the most wins. If you have the equal amount of money, and you both bid it all, then you start bidding garbage. Like, I will, okay, I'm going to bid this $5. (laughs) I'll also take two garbage. And then the other person can match you, and you just keep going. But this is all in a minute, so you're trying to get this done quick. Yeah, you you can't be messing around. Yeah, it's pretty wild. Yeah, I made a deal one time with, like, uh, three of the four players at the table to go sell a bunch of their garbage if they would pay me a little extra money. So I basically, like, saved them in action. Right. But at the same time, I made a bunch of money money. on it, so I went and upgraded a bunch of stuff with their cash. And the problem with garbage, so... 
if I have four garbage and I'm making a recipe with five stars, I'm only going to get one, th- um, not stars, one thumb up mm-hmm. because the garbage takes, because your restaurant's filthy. Yeah. It's got garbage sitting around everybody. <laughs> I yeah, mean, this food's great. Food's great. Like but I'm surrounded by your trash. And, yeah. it, and it's a compounding problem because the more dishes you make the and the garbage. higher quality they are, like the more garbage yeah. you're going to have. Like, yeah. And it's like, it's so always you, that like, I, I have to go to the island because I have all this garbage, but I also need that ingredient. It's pretty interesting. It, it's just a fun game. Yeah. Which I, is also weird because I feel like if I go to a high quality butcher and get a good slab of meat mm. then it's probably just going to be wrapped in like brown paper whereas yeah. if i go to the grocery store and get low quality whatever it's going to be like the plastic packaging and all that i feel like the higher quality dishes should make less trash i understand from it's a because you mechanic, have more ingredients oh that is true i There's, did have to buy 12 other to things buy more yeah, plus you have all those dirty napkins you make people one, leave behind you and... make one less trash if you use tofu instead of meat in your dish yeah yeah <laughs> yeah and it's funny and there's some like there's a there's a vegetarian chef where she can replace two vegetables for any meat. Mm. And it's just like stuff like that that adds little twist to the game. doesn't break the game in any way. But just adds some little things that mm-hmm. makes it a little yeah, different. Like some of them are definitely better than some others of them. Yeah. But they're all small enough that it's not a that big deal. That it's not deal. a huge deal. And mm-hmm. you can always use your power. Like everybody's power does something. So yeah. It's, yeah. it's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. It's just a super fun game. Yeah, it's very tightly designed too. I, it ended right when i felt like i was really enjoying it which is the perfect time to have it end so this is the game uh when dave was at his camping thing Mm -hmm. uh mark mark amber and i played and amber loves this game she goes i would play this game a million times (laughs) (laughs) and and we're just like well that's a lot of times like that's Mm -hmm. but it is fun but it is fun fun. and like anytime she we played it the next day actually with kira too she's like hey can we play rival restaurant like sure that game's great it's fun even with kira three players I mean, three players, not a ton of trading's going on. The game lasts a little bit longer because it takes you longer to get your ingredients. But still, I mean, it's a lot of fun. Kira gets, like, zeroed in on, like, I am I need rice, and that's what I'm going to get. I'll give you whatever you need for that rice. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, this is great. Like, go yeah. buy me those seven things. Here's what I'll say. <laughs> Having Kira in a game is, like, an automatic wild card. You oh. never know what's going to happen. We played Raccoon, Raccoon Tycoon, Tycoon with Kira recently. And that girl is a maniac. So yeah. when we play Raccoon Tycoon, uh, we reviewed it on one of our episodes. I one of remember, our, which, one, of, one of them way far. Back. <laughs> one of them far back episodes. Uh, that game is a lot of fun. I'm sure we so all give fun. it great scores. If we didn't, what was wrong with past us? Yeah. In this game, you bid for railroads is one of the main mechanics because That's it's how, like, the game literally ends. how the game ends. And normally, by the time that bid hits the upper teens, we're all bowing out. Yeah. We're all like, ugh, that's a lot of scratch. Yeah. I don't know if I can go that way. So then we play the game with wildcard Kira, yeah. and she is just starting bids at $30. Because we said, this is how you win the game. Yeah. And like, so this she, is victory points. So, so in she her goes, brain, they okay. must be expensive. Okay. And so by the time... She's not wrong. She's no. not wrong. <laughs> but by the time we're like halfway through the game, you couldn't buy a railroad for less than $70. Yeah, it was And we had crazy. never purchased one for more than like $21 in all yeah. previous plays. Yeah, it's wild. And that it is funny to see how her mind works at stuff. But if you tell her, this is how... These are victory points. This is how you win the game. That's what I'm going to do. Oh, yeah. That's how I'm going to win the game. Yeah. If you have a person in your life who is just a complete ridiculous wild card. Yeah. Take them back and play a game that you really enjoy because you might find it functions it's, so It's wild. Yeah. It's wild. Yeah. And it, yeah. it, it like didn't break the game at all. It just no. changed it so it much. It changed the dynamic. It yeah. made it longer. Yeah. Because <laughs> you had to have well, some also, more money. Also, as soon as she got the building that was like, oh, you get $5 every time an auction starts. Oh. She's like, great. Great. I'm just going to do auctions all great. the time. Auctions yeah. forever, baby. Yep. That's not the game we're talking about. But 
Well, yeah, but, just in uh, general, though. Yeah. But anyway, she does add that to to um, rival restaurants as well. She'll she'll trade and she'll she makes some good trades too, some yeah. savvy oh, yeah. stuff. It's and, just but like it's just, it's just like a perfect amount of spice. Yeah, you're just like oh, game. like it's, it's or she'll really ask good. for something crazy, and you're like oh, like do I spite her though because <laughs> I I don't want that to come back to me later because she'll remember she is my child. Like yeah. I understand how this works. Yeah, it's Rival Restaurants. Mark, tell us about Rival Restaurants. There's an expansion, too, that I should have just picked up when I bought this uh, game, but I was a fool. You were a fool. Just pick it up, man. Just Rival Restaurants was published in 2019 by Gap Closer Games. Okay. It was designed by <laughs> interesting. Gary Alaka, Rob Chu, and John Kang. This is all of their first games. Oh, man. Yep. Got a hit. I yep. feel like Kang is a Mortal Kombat character and no, not Kang, a game designer. Kang, oh, that's Krang. Krang is a Ninja, Ninja Turtle villain. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but they also designed the expansion, uh, Rival Restaurants, colon, back for seconds. Yeah. Oh, it's a I colon. wonder what's in that, though. I don't know what's I in there. It, I think Second stand. <laughs> I think it adds more players. Maybe it adds. I don't know. I think it's kind of fun. And the art was all done by Audrey. I'll buy it. Ar- Audrey Jung. I heard we're going to play it a million times. <laughs> we're gonna, you're going to play it millions of times, <laughs> so you better be prepared. Uh, this is also Audrey's first game, uh, and oh, she yeah. also did the art. He or she did the uh, art for yeah, oh. Back for Seconds as well. Back I, I got to say, well done, the yeah. whole team. Like, that game is fun. It's yeah. fun. It looks good. Pretty great for the, uh, you know, like a first game. The cool One of the coolest things that I really like about this game is uh, in the center of the board is, like, the discards for each market, mm-hmm. and that is insert just goes directly back into the game like yeah. everything's right in the game it's so yeah. easy to clean up excellent work uh rival restaurants i uh, guess me dan how many <laughs> <laughs> on a scale of one to ten uh how many foodies would you give rival restaurants <laughs> i like that you're using a different game to rate this game <laughs> i would give it nine foodies i actually really like this game a million times to play anything is a lot of times yeah i think we're gonna go out on a limb here and say amber ranks it a 10 i would not uh Wager against that. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Rival Restaurants, it's so fun. I would play it anytime. It makes me want to sell foodies now because I don't see... Like, it, it's, it's never like going to make it back different, to the table. But yeah. if I have the choice to play Rival Restaurant foodies, I'm going to play Rival Restaurant. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Because yeah, it has open market. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's the deal. Like, every game is immeasurably improved by the addition of an open mm-hmm. market where mm-hmm. anything goes. Yeah, we're playing... So this weekend, we're playing Sidereal Confluence. I got the remake, mm-hmm. and there's six of us going to yeah. play. Yeah. And I'm so stoked about it. Like, yep, I can't Between that can't and I've got Chinatown being shipped right now. Oh, snap. We're I think we're Just all pretty excited market, to play Chinatown. Baby. Yeah. Just I love this. Swap love this idea. Swap things for money. It's oh, fun. Oh or money ma- for things. I just want to swap stuff. <laughs> give me how many cubes for this uh, hexagon? <laughs> seven. <laughs> uh, Mark, Rival Restaurants, one to ten, not using the number seven. How many foodies would you give Rival Restaurants? Yeah, this game's pretty fun. There's not much I can add that we haven't already talked about. I will say the one bummer is that the um, ingredients decks are kind of small. Yeah. So you do a lot of shuffling throughout the course of the game. Yeah, because they're not very big. I was like, oh, man, I want, what happens when you run out? I never run out, though. So yeah. Even, yeah. <laughs> even at our player count. Like, yeah. we don't have enough money to buy enough ingredients to run out, and then we're using it to make yeah. food. So. At, at one point, so Kira had both uh, influencers, so she was getting 500 and then she would go buy, like, one ingredient. And <laughs> she had, like, thousands of dollars. <laughs> I was like, oh, man, like, That's, I don't know what's oh, and then she, But it was kind of smart because now she's just offering a ton of cash for stuff. Uh, so she's yeah. getting exact ingredients that she needs. Mm-hmm. So she's like, hey, buy that fruit from me. While you're there, I'll give you 200 instead of 100. Like, yeah, yeah, of course I will. Deal. Great deal. Done deal. Yeah. Great deal. For sure. Yeah. So that's my that's like my one gripe about the game is you're gonna spend a lot of time shuffling yeah, and little tiny sm- decks and of cards small. to put them back in the thing. Yeah. But it's all good. That's totally overlooked. Uh, I will give it a nine. Yeah. Awesome. Nine's cross the board. Is it? 
Yeah, nine's across the restaurant uh, landscape. Dave, rival restaurants, one to ten, not using the number seven. How many foodies would you give rival restaurants? Is uh, it nine? It's a six, actually. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Sick burn. You know, I'm going to say I'm kind of surprised. <laughs> yeah, I would be, too, because it's nine. nine. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, a bunch of winners this week. Yeah. A lot of fun. Oh, well. There is a game I don't like that we could have talked about, but <laughs> but we'll talk about it next episode. We'll talk maybe. about we'll it talk maybe about... episode fifty. <laughs> we'll or talk 51. about yacht rock next episode. <laughs> I feel like episode fifty. We should just call it like the bummer episode. We only talk about games we hate. Games Do we, we hate, have? Do we <laughs> or have? at least one of us hates. Oh well, yacht yeah, rock. It is. <laughs> yeah, Dan's, Dan's got his. Dan's game. got his. Yacht <laughs> rock. Yacht rock hated it. Mm-hmm. So next up, what we do every week is called a topic. We're so clever. Um, <laughs> so Mark does all the work for this, and then uh, Dave and I make sure that nobody mugs Mark for his computer when he comes in. Mm-hmm. And that's uh, about it. I also make him drive me here with that computer. But yeah, security squad. That's no, more security it. than mm-hmm. anything. Because yeah. if I'm you're in... driving, it's hard for you to pull security. Yeah, I got I to gotta keep the ocular pat down going. Yep. Yeah, yeah. as a man of a certain height, I will say it's nice to have goons. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a goon. I'm a goon. Look at me. I'm a goon. Listen, I'm just saying, if you're under 5'9", get yourself a couple goons. You're going to feel like a real yeah. Mr. Big. Do you think Tom Cruise isn't rolling around with a bunch of goons? Oh, you know he's got a no squad. He he's got a squad yeah. with his thetans. His, his goons. <laughs> he's got thetan goons. His goons would outgoon our goons. Oh, for, for sure. sure. You guys wouldn't stand a chance. Oh, he, no, he can afford okay. high-dollar goons. I got this. Not us. I got like knockoff goons. <laughs> We're lowbrow goons. <laughs> <laughs> We're goon light. Yeah. All right, gentlemen. <laughs> <laughs> is that what your talking's about? Yeah, it's about goons. Goon. It's really weird. Yeah. Scooped it. <laughs> That's incredible. You guys have guessed all of mine so far. All right, tonight's talking is a little mystery yarn I'm calling Everything All Right? Yep, Two Corpses, Everything's Fine. Colon, the Mark's game. life story. Colon, another glorious day in murder. <laughs> yeah. I like we just keep making another glorious day in the core references. Uh, it's important. Uh, I also... Didn't care for that game. <laughs> <laughs> All right, gentlemen. So tonight, our story begins on August 10th, 1903. Oh, man. In a little English city called Birmingham. Birmi- this is Brass Birmingham? Oh, my gosh. Is this <laughs> Have about we talked coal? about this? <laughs> is this about coal? Uh, no, it's not about coal. Oh, uh, is this Lancashire? Yep, this game is separated only by... Thir- this, this story is separated only by 13 years and three miles from where our first ever hero of board game history, Cluddy Hutton, was born. Oh, oh my gosh. If you have not listened to that episode, I don't know what episode it is, but it was a couple ago. It was a good episode. Yeah, 40 I think it something? was... Uh, it was Heroes. Let me just... 42. 43. No, I think it was like 46 or 47. 47. Yeah, I want to say it was like 47. It was fairly recently. It was, a, it was an uplifting story. It Thank is. God. It was all about. Uh, it was March. It was in March. So yeah. it was March. Yeah, positivity. it was sometime in March. We were marching into positivity. And then and all was, downhill from there. Yeah, and then I hit him up with asthma day. <laughs> then 11 months. 11 months of the dreary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I corporate. I, I merged uh, our podcast with asthma day without telling them. <laughs> Sweet. Do we get like a buyout? Like, is this like selling a Pan Am? Oh, man. Oh, no. We actually owe them money on this deal somehow. It's very weird. That sounds more like They have good lawyers, and we don't have any, so. (laughs) Right. So uh, our story concerns itself with another bouncing English chap who was born in the Basil Heath uh, neighborhood. Uh, First of all, if this is England, it's pronounced Basil. Basil. Basil? Basil. No. What what do you doing? B-A-L-S-A-L-L. The thing with the the thing with English that's not like basil the, either. The queens, yeah, that's like Belizzle. That's like your last name, Balsall. <laughs> this ba- is good. Balsall. This is a dumb word. That's yeah. what it is. It's well, the when, L's you, when you're dealing it? with the queens, like it's things like pronunciation gets a little wonky. Sure, <laughs> I, guess. I say that as a dude from Oklahoma, where pronunciation gets a little <laughs> wonky. Remember sweets. 
I remember suits. <laughs> yeah. You mean suits? Hey. Suits of cards? Suits of cards. Yep. Uh, gentlemen, are you either of you have you ever heard the name Anthony Hopkins. E. Pratt? Anthony Lee Pratt. I Anthony have not. E. E. Pratt. E. Uh, Pratt. That changes everything. <laughs> yeah. He uh killed Lincoln. Mm. Oh. He was in the Guardians of the Galaxy movies. <gasps> yeah, Tony Pratt. Tony Pratt. <laughs> <laughs> Well, this uh, this was this is the guy we're talking about tonight. He was born as a son to a solidly working class English family. He was born as a baby. He was born as a baby. Uh-huh. <laughs> I always have such a hard time getting these topics started. He was That's born okay. as a. I was born as a young man. He was born at a very <laughs> young age. <laughs> well, we don't know much about Pratt's early life. Uh, we do know that his early years, he attended the secondary school at Saint Philip's uh, School in Edgebaston in Birmingham. So like, I like that you're saying all these places. Like, I will have any references to where they are. <laughs> That's like good. I'm assuming we have you know, at down least, the corner. I'm assuming there's a, just an offset offset chance that we have like a Birmingham people from listener. England listen, but yeah. I don't know where they're like, from. There's somebody. Maybe there's somebody out there who knows exactly how, where, like where this story takes place. If and you, they're sir, very annoyed at my pronunciation. You're from, of all of yeah. This. If you, sir, and or madam, yeah. understand yep. all of these places. First of all, good on you. Neat. Good on you. Uh, second of all, first off, cheerio. Yeah. Can we get a pronunciation <laughs> list? Can Hello, we get a pronunciation governor? list? And you may uh, insult Mark five times. Yeah. yeah, yeah and then for we, sure. we will make him send you toppings. <laughs> I hear that that's what a bag costs. <laughs> I think that maybe the first deep Mary Poppins reference. Yeah, maybe it's not yeah. great. Yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm glad that we're not referencing Limp Biscuit anymore. Sure, so. we switched to Mary Poppins. Uh, I mean, which so, is better? Neither Mary Poppins. Yeah. yeah. So Anthony excelled at chemistry, Tony. and uh, it was his favorite subject. At chemistry. Chemistry. He was he was really good at chemistry. Uh, but his poor eyesight often undermined his academic goals. Oh, like, couldn't see anything. Hits home, right, Mark? Yeah, I've got ter- terrible eyes. My eyes are shaped weird, so I have to wear these peepers. <laughs> I, as soon as you said my eyes are shaped weird, I stared like I would be able to see it. <laughs> <laughs> look fine to me. I don't know. Yeah, so I, you know, I know, I know. Here's the deal. Uh, Dave's vision my, is so good. <laughs> I was lucky enough to be born in a time where having terrible eyesight didn't really expel, like, just dis- like uh, disqualify you from doing anything you wanted to do in life. They yeah. pick it up pretty early. <laughs> You yeah, go, you got glasses. You pretty much can't be a pilot in the Air Force, but you uh-huh. do most yeah. other things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. most. Uh, yeah, I you think, ain't going to NASA, son. But <laughs> <laughs> you do a lot of stuff. Uh, so uh, Anthony was also described as a quote gifted musician and was oh. profi- was a proficient piano player from a young a age. pianist. He's mm. a pianist. So uh, he decided to leave secondary school in 1918 at the age of 15 when he decided he would enter into what's, a career in chemistry. What's secondary school? Is that I like think high it's like school? high school. Okay. Yeah. So he Again, was in high school. Sorry, England. Yeah. And uh, he's like, I don't need to finish high school. I'm just going to be a chemist. I'm already a genius. My peepers don't work great. but <laughs> It's the year 1918. I don't need to finish high school. I'll just mix chemicals for a living. <laughs> oh, I'll just make gold from coal. Yeah. <laughs> Alchemy, we're talking. So he apprenticed with a local chemistry manufacturer in Birmingham, but after he wasn't given a job offer, it was probably due to his lack of uh, formal instruction. Yeah, or is it that so. he made bad tinctures? Yeah. Were yeah. his tinctures bad because of all his the vision? Pul- all the poultices were bad. <laughs> he couldn't read the bottles correctly. We clearly understand chemistry. <laughs> <laughs> I know all about it. So he didn't get a job offer uh, because he wasn't formally instructed. Uh, so instead, That's like modern day. I yeah. know. You need so, a college degree. It oh, I have see, to be in the subject. I see you're perfectly competent at doing this job. Get an unrelated college degree or I won't hire you. Have you thought about liberal studies? <laughs> <laughs> have you thought about majoring in letters? 
I heard Klingon is available. <laughs> yes, very good. Okay. Uh, so he decided instead of being a chemist, I'm going to become a professional musician. That's just how I'm going to make my way through the That's world. That's a wild shift. Yeah. Well, he's yeah. a gifted pianist. He's so. a gifted pianist. But also, I mean, I don't think you have to have a degree in this. There's no Juilliard back then, right? That's true. That's true. Uh, yeah, I guess I mean, not. There might, I, there might have been. I to be honest, I couldn't tell you the founding date of Juilliard, so I can't to New York, right? That. Yes, because Lady Gaga went there. Sure, she's Juilliard trained. I don't know why I know that. <laughs> 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 Who was uh, Pat, Patch Adams went there too? What was his name Patch Adams? You no, just said it. No, that Robin guy, Williams. Robin Williams. Oh, he's a Juilliard guy. I think so. That could be made up, but like, I think I remember hearing it. It's like so all those weird Waldorf schools that are around the world, and there's just a ton of like famous people who went to Waldorf schools. I don't know what that is. Mm-mm. Oh, it's like it's a, a type of cracker. It's <laughs> it's a <laughs> it's kind of it's it's a complicated story. Basically, it's like a school <laughs> that was built Good. and founded by a weird. Kind of fashy German guy named Waldorf. Rudolf Steiner who was also into occult and esoteric thought. I'm familiar with Waldorf and Statler. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. That I know. Yeah, yeah they're, they're hilarious just... puppets. Mm-hmm. I love that. <laughs> like Jennifer Aniston, Justin Theroux, Big Sean, they're all like Waldorf. Big Sean. Big Sean. Can you believe that? Do no. you think we're the Waldorf and Stadler of the podcast and Mark is the straight man trying to deliver actual facts? Mark's the Kermit. Yeah, and, and we're just belittling everything he's worked so hard on. Yeah, it would explain apt. why it would explain the flailing. <laughs> yeah. I mean, honestly, that's apt. <laughs> Whoa! Oh, Visual jokes, but they're still funny. <laughs> oh man! So where was I? Okay, <laughs> we've done it. Yeah, chemistry. No, so, pianist. Yeah. So pressure. Pratt said, all right, I'm just going to do music now. Yeah. So for the next several years, he made like a really good living as a recital pianist. Oh, really? They good did really good. Uh, he was employed by several cruise liners and to play piano oh, on trips from like, New York to New York and Iceland. So he was There's traveling around the world there, playing piano. Uh, I like I used to sit uh, the one of the cruises I went on. I sat and listened to the pianist quite regularly. And then I asked him if uh, when I left, he would play that sad walking away music for the Incredible Hulk. <laughs> <laughs> and he said, I don't know it. <laughs> But I'll learn it. And so the next day, I went and listened to it again. And then I looked at him and I said, hey, I'm going to leave. Can you play that sad walking away music from The Incredible Hulk? And then he did. Yep. <laughs> Let me tell you, I tipped the crap out That's of him. That's how you get tips. I yeah. wonder how what it's like to be that talented to just learn something like Seriously. that. Like, <laughs> just, like, just, yeah, to, sure. just to appease. It took him like, like 10 minutes. Just like, to oh, appease no an awkwardly shaped white man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, no problem. <laughs> I walked away like all sad too and like acting yeah. like I kicked a rock. Do you? Oh, how many cute. people do you think got that joke? Was it just you? It was, uh, <laughs> no, it was me and him. That was, <laughs> <laughs> that was it. Not a big crowd for this joke. <laughs> it was a lot of old people. It was a princess cruise. <laughs> uh, in addition to being a an accomplished pianist, Pratt was also an aspiring composer, and he oh, um, played several concerts. And once even accompanied the renowned soprano Kirsten Flagstad, who was once called the voice of the 20th century. <laughs> cool. Oh, Who's that? That didn't. Uh... She's a famous soprano opera singer, Dave. Sure. Do you think she and after the 20th century ended, she was the voice of the 20th century? Because I feel like she wasn't. I'm not sure. Because I've never heard of her. <laughs> <laughs> she was a voice yeah, in the She was a century. voice. Yeah, and we all know that the voice of the 21st century is, is Lady, Lady Gaga. Is Justin Timberlake. No, Lady Gaga. Ooh, Lady Gaga, you think? She, I heard she was Juilliard. <laughs> That's very true. You know what? I knew that, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> this is just the 10-year anniversary of uh, Born This Way, just a couple weeks, uh, just a couple days ago. Oh. That's so crazy that you know that. Yeah, well, you know, welcome to my life where <laughs> I, I can't tell you where my shoes are. <laughs> 
It's really fun. I lost my work shirt today. <laughs> I don't want to see where my work polo is. Where's my work shirt? On this day of all days, the 10th anniversary of Lady Gaga's born this way. Yeah. So when not sailing around the world, Pratt found easy work at a large countryside manor. Um, the hosts would hire him to play piano, uh, and he would add ambient music for large parties. Uh, and while he was there, uh, the young man would watch all of the revelers play all kinds of party games. Oh, now we've yeah. covered a couple of these in our werewolf talking. Yeah, they would play if weird, you, like you done it party games. Yeah, it was definitely like games. It was called murder, and like he would play suspenseful <laughs> so, music. So creative. Oh, and he would. The lights would go out, and then somebody would be murdered, quote unquote yeah. murdered. <laughs> yeah, and then the lights would come back on, and they'd find this dead body, and everyone would be like, "Oh my god, it's a not dead a body. real dead body." And then, and then he would sit over there being like, burr, burr, burr. Burr, burr. Yeah. "Yeah, he played ominous tones." <laughs> yeah, he was the first score producer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that was like we talked about that way back in episode thirty-six. So if you guys want to hear the story of murder and werewolf and how it all ties together, take a look at this. Take a look. That was like a that. year ago. That was so many. Says such such a time. Oh, we were so young. We were different. <laughs> it's a different time. So uh, Pratt found the game to be like just a ton of fun. Oh, he loved it. Yeah, and he he would like offer up these real tense piano like lines and riffs, yeah. like anything to add to the heightened atmosphere of the would game. Would he use his chemistry to actually kill somebody? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like <laughs> he made his own smoke bombs. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all told, the experience would be one that he would forever treasure. Oh man, he yeah. loved it. Uh, so for a time, he was happy. He would spend like all of his time traveling around the world and performing music for people. <laughs> and sounds like a real bummer. <laughs> <laughs> but eventually, Pratt said, "You know, I'm a, I'm a, I'm an English gentleman. I've got to start a family. That's oh. very important to me. He's got a, mm-hmm. got to carry on the Pratt line. He's got a mommy daddy sheet monster. And then years, <laughs> and then years later, good old Pratt was in uh, Jurassic Pratt. Park movie. He had Chris so, Pratt. Yeah. Oh yeah. He's I see eighty years doing. old. Yeah. Later on down the line, I assume they are related. I don't care many, about the truth. how many. <laughs> I feel it's true. How so many Pratts could there be? The Pratt Institute. That's a thing. Right? <laughs> so he returned to Birmingham. Retire or sorry, Birmingham. Oh boy, come on. I know. Sorry, we've got my England mixed up with Alabama. <laughs> Happens all the time. <laughs> uh, retired from music, took a job up as a solicitor's clerk. That is a bummer. <laughs> yeah, he dutifully worked there every day. Like I'm thinking, just a standard banker's job. Not playing piano. Not playing the piano. Or mixing tinctures. Yep, yep. Just dutifully pounding away at one of those old school adding machines uh-huh. that you like pull the lever down. Mm-hmm. Oh God, I wish. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, and he just worked there from the period of time between World War One and World War Two. That's a fair amount of time. Yeah. That's like 30 years. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's a fair amount of time. Not nearly as long as you would think it would be. Yeah. Yep. Not long enough. <laughs> he quietly matured into what he was. He was a self-described introvert and he had a huge imagination and he'd often ruminate on the darker mysteries of life. He found himself thinking a lot. I guess there's a lot of free hours as a solicitor's clerk where you're not that makes really sense sure. super focused on the job. <laughs> <laughs> this guy wasn't trying super hard. Yeah, I, I do the same thing in pharmacy. It's totally cool. I have a lot of I have a lot of daydream. Don't worry about it. Yep. Oh, it's 11:15. Time for daydream. <laughs> how, many, how many pills on this bottle? I'm sure it was enough. Yeah, it's enough. I'm shaking it. Feels right. <laughs> So he met and married a woman named Elva, who he would spend- Elva? Elva. Elva and Tony? Yep, Elva and Tony. And he would spend the rest of his life with her. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, it was very sweet. For a time, his life was very good, and he was quite happy. But as we know from our history textbooks, something dark was on the horizon. Oh, no. Yeah, Asmodee. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, World War II. World War II. (laughs) 
Very good. All this came to a head on September 3rd, 1939, when oh. Great Britain and France declared war on Germany after Reich forces invaded Poland. How old was this gentleman at this time? Oh, let's see. He was born in 1903. So he was like 36, Nine. 37. So he's he was like our age. He's our yeah. age at this point. Maybe your age. <laughs> well, oh, that's true. Yeah, he's younger. <laughs> <laughs> oh, these damn kids and their young bodies. Yeah, <laughs> with their solicitor's clerk's oh, job. their solicitor's <laughs> the pianist. It's wild to think of this guy as our age, because like, yeah, he's got a ways to go still. It's, it's kind of weird. It's odd to think that he's done so much. And then I, yeah, he was a traveling piano recital. Yeah. He mixed chemicals. I fell asleep on the couch watching oh. The Office. <laughs> <laughs> I figure if you start your life as an apprentice chemist, like an apprentice apothecary, at like fifteen, yeah. yeah, like that's yeah. I don't know, man. Your life, your life experience is so much more than when mine I at still that point. wasn't like the greatest at showering. Yeah, <laughs> my first job was Burger King. We were a little different, I guess. The only yeah. thing I was really good at fifteen was being <laughs> they let sullen. Me stay. <laughs> Yeah, they said, yeah, good enough. Yeah, yeah, Burger King said I could stay forever. <laughs> good enough. Soon the entire world was engulfed in another world war, yeah, and British men were being called up to face the encroaching Nazi threat. Yeah. Pratt attempted to fulfill his duty to the crown and country. Dang, good for him. Yep, but was rejected from military services because of his poor eyesight. Oh, his peepers saved him? Couldn't, couldn't see a thing. <laughs> I can't see anything. I can't see. I, just listen, just point me in the general direction of the Nazis. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so which end of the gun is the right one? <laughs> uh, that doesn't mean that he didn't do anything during the war. He actually did a ton of stuff for the British. People. They put him on the back of a Jeep and he played piano? Well, he actually... <laughs> did he make tank <laughs> So while thousands of his men, uh, of the thousands of the men from his generation were like going off to the front lines, he stayed behind and actually volunteered to work as a volunteer air raid precaution squad member i thought he, he couldn't see well you know i guess he i mean he, <laughs> he can see fire <laughs> i was gonna say he can see fire i guess <laughs> it's much brighter over there than it should be <laughs> they just tell him like uh something's coming turn the horn on <laughs> okay yep so his whole deal was is he would stay he stayed behind and then like through the entire nazi blitz and every like all the nightly bombings he would like volunteer, and he would just go out and help put out fires. He'd help hmm. usher people to safety. That's yeah. pretty awesome. Yeah, and then safety's this way. No, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on, let me get my peepers. No, nope, nope. turn him around. <laughs> and then so he did that at night, and then during the day, he also uh, joined a manufacturing factory where he made tank parts to help the british war Dang, this guy's burning the candle at both ends yeah, yeah. this was I, this I, guy's I, so much better than us <laughs> so much better oh man what a bummer yeah this guy was i would say very devoted to the idea of like keeping as many british people safe as possible good for him yeah for sure that's why he's one of our heroes mm-hmm. <laughs> we'll see yeah okay I, so, I can't trust you mark is yeah. the problem right now he seems awesome maybe okay. too good to be true yeah and the way he founded asmodee <laughs> <laughs> so uh for three years between 1940 to 1943 pratt and the people of birmingham like lived through the daily horrors of the birmingham blitz uh during which the luftwaffe killed 2,000 civilians and destroyed more than 13,000 buildings That's of the city wild yeah it was like a constant day-to-day thing where they were constantly getting firebombed they were mm-hmm. constant because birmingham's a big huge manufacturing city yeah right? so it's like prime target for nazi bombers Pratt endured this, like most British people during the war, with a stiff upper lip and a quiet determination. Yeah, and I'm keep, assuming, keep like, calm, carry on. Yeah, keep calm, carry on, and then like drink your tea at night and yeah. pretend like none of it's happening. Shut your shut your damn mouth. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the one thing that he did, like in his off time, was he started to really read and love books. Like he became oh, a nerd. huge reader during this time. What was Despite he not eyes? watching cable? 
<laughs> I know. Can you, he wasn't. No, the he was not knocked out the network. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, it's, it's, <laughs> oh, is that the problem? Is yeah. that he he uh, got bored with Reddit, so he started yeah. reading books. Yeah. The, the problem is, is that like the Birmingham Blitz was really tough on the see, the uh, filming of the Masked Singer. <laughs> so he was, yeah. he was going to go uh, try out for Britain's Got Talent, but <laughs> turns out it was bombed out. So his favorite were the murder mysteries of Raymond Chandler and Edgar Wallace. Like he just loved like reading murder mysteries. Mm-hmm. I definitely know who those people yeah. are. Yeah, um, said it. So, oddly enough, like, <laughs> like we are so stupid. I for thought not you were say like Sherlock Holmes or something. That I'm I mean, yeah, yeah. He, he probably also loved Sherlock Holmes. The one person he didn't like Don't was Agatha Kate. Christie, though. He didn't like that. <laughs> he did not like Agatha Christie. Dang. But he doesn't like sequential lettered named books. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, for sure. Uh, so he may do like so many others, but he could already feel the war slowly extracting more and more from the people of Britain. One warm summer night in 1943, Pratt was leaning against his garden fence, and he had described it in one of the few interviews he ever did in his life as a sudden epiphany. Quote, it dawned on me that this wretched old war was killing the country's social life. So he was like just thinking about how yeah. none of his friends could really get together because they could die in a bombing. Yeah, yeah. War, war's a real bummer. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so Pratt would later go on to tell that reporter, like, we lived like lords. All the bright young things would congregate in each other's homes for parties on the weekends. Then came the war and the blackout, and it all went poof overnight. All the fun ended. We were reduced to creeping off to the cinema between air raids to watch thrillers. From Michael Jackson. Mm-hmm. Yep. That was just it on a loop. <laughs> <laughs> uh, like the, uh, quite like the pot with the zombies. <laughs> I don't know. It was like Peppa Pig. Yeah, it was a little. It's fine. It's I was a little Peppa Pig. It's British enough. <laughs> <Okay>. It's British <laughs> adjacent. <laughs> uh, the thing he missed the most were the parties and the huge manners that he used to play, uh, and the games of murder that would take oh, place. So toddy. that was like the thing that he would like just latch onto. Is like, oh, this was the he best loved my life was. Murder. Yeah. What I hate is the amount of death and destruction around me. What I'd like to do for fun, murder. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Did he for start sure. the very first murder podcast? <laughs> <laughs> is that where this is going? Radio Free Stabbing. <laughs> this is a pirate radio station. Welcome to Radio Free Murder in the Dark. Yeah, I love it. By sheer luck, Anthony and Elva uh, were friendly with another company called The Bulls. Uh, Jeffrey Bull was also an imaginative person. Uh, and before the war broke out, he had designed and published a game called Buccaneer with a very popular British publishing company called... Asmodee. Waddingtons. Oh, they were the ones who p- published the Monopoly version with all the stuff in it. Correct. That could help oh, POWs World get War out of II. escape. Correct. I listened, Mark. You listened to me, Dave. I'm so proud of you. Gotcha, buddy. Mm-hmm. Dave gets an A. Dan, you'll you'll get there. <laughs> <laughs> Made Dave. it all through high school. <laughs> so Buccaneer was a pretty popular game at the time, and it made the Bulls a pretty significant amount of money. And Pratt was taken with a sudden fancy to translate the live-action mystery of murder to a board game setting that was like i played tons of games like that yeah (laughs) yeah they're all fun they're all great pratt took this idea to elva and he's like hey i you know you're a much better artist than me so let's let's work together and we'll make a board game to play with our friends so he comes up with the basic premise which is that a murder has happened and then she's there's been a murder and then she designs an entire floor plan for a tudor style house okay yeah. All right. So uh, I'm in so far. <laughs> <laughs> Anthony took a lot of the tropes uh, and characters that he was already pretty familiar with, with from years of reading like det- classic detective novels. He he really loved the hard boiled types like uh, Philip Marlowe, but he said for this game, I want it to be. He I guess he wanted to be very British. So even though he didn't really care for Agatha Christie, oh, he kind of no. said he kind of like used Agatha Christie as a 
influence on the board game that he gotcha. was working on. So someone gets murdered, but nobody really reacts. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Some discussion about it later on. Oh, yep. there's been a murder. Well, yes, it appears it has. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so he used specifically a novel called The Body in the Library, oh. in which a British colonel named Bantry and his wife discover the corpse of a platinum blonde singer named Ruby Keen. Ruby Keen? In their library. Oh. Wait a minute. Is this Clue? Is this guy inventing Clue? Did I just spoil it? <laughs> I, I was kind of thinking it. Well, yeah. this is my only job is to ruin this. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So the colonel became a person named colonel yellow oh shocking so it's not mustard colonel yellow (laughs) ruby keen became a character named miss scarlet and the rest of the game was designed after 18 months of hard work and spirited months yep uh yeah you guys totally nail it uh, anthony pratt is the inventor of clue oh, oh. Tony, tony pratt i yep. hate clue. tony pratt I, so i hate <laughs> that it's a roll and move mechanic the I game just, i don't mind actually but hate the it. fact that it's a roll and move is what gets me but honestly at the time, it was groundbreaking. Yeah. Like, sure. I'm not, I don't want to take that away from him for a second. You mm-hmm. know how I like to play Clue? Is on my very first turn, I like to be, take a guess. <laughs> and then you don't have to play anymore. I either won the game or I don't have to play anymore. There, there's just so many games that do it way better now. Yeah. But, yeah. well, this game was made during World War II. That's so what that's... I mean, though. Like, but without Clue, we don't get these yeah. games. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. The couple designed a house that was fit for Lord, it had 10 rooms. The cast of characters was instantly iconic. Yeah. yeah. And it had a secret tunnel from the kitchen yeah. to the other side of the house. So fancy. Like, that's where I keep my secret tunnel. <laughs> Same here. <laughs> I actually just uh, knocked down part of the wall between my kitchen and my bedroom. Yeah. <laughs> and then you just call it a secret entrance. It's my secret oh, entrance. It's secret. <laughs> I put up one of those bead curtains. <laughs> <laughs> can't even do it quietly yeah, I, put, yeah. I put a poster over it <laughs> yeah so uh, the characters were dr black mr brown mr gold the reverend green oh reverend the reverend, the reverend green uh miss gray professor plum miss scarlet and colonel yellow those oh, were the original colonel yellow such a stupid name those were the original prototypes of all of colonel the, yellow <laughs> colonel yellow <laughs> Uh, would you like to guys like to take a couple guesses about the initial weapons that were used uh, for his prototype oh, of clue? Oh, are yeah. they not the same? Only a couple of the weapons from the game that we know as Clue today were originally in the like first demo. Was versions. one of them poison? He loved that crap. Yeah, he had a, a bottle of poison. Oh, yeah. that's because he's a he's a because he's a tincture maker. He's a tincture maker. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> a gun. There was a gun. Yeah, I a mean, revolver. It had to be right. A yeah. war was on. A knife. Uh, there was a dagger. Uh, was there still a rope? Uh, there was a rope. A lead pipe? There is no lead pipe. I was going to uh, say, I bet that's oh, not still. Horse There's shoe. a bludgeoning. <laughs> <laughs> there, what I will say is there's a bludgeoning instrument. Is it a hammer? It's not a hammer. Oh, man. Well, the wrench was there too, right? Was no, the wrench still no, there? No, no, wrench wasn't there. What was this guy? Was it a... So the was ones... there a garrote made of piano wire? <laughs> oh, that one's pretty oh, brutal. That one's rough. I like that one. Uh, so you had an axe. Oh, my. There was a hypodermic <laughs> syringe. Ooh. There was a fire poker. Okay. Right. Okay. Right. Yeah. There was an Irish shillelagh. I don't even know really? what that is. Yeah. It's like a. It's like a. Do you ever see Gangs of New York? Yeah, that's nope. exactly <laughs> what I was gonna say. I Do you have see not. Gangs of New York. You ever see Gangs of New York? So it's like a. It's like a wooden bo- stick with a like a big ball, ball at the on end the end. Of it. Yeah. It's like a huge knot of like wood. a mace. Kind of. Mm, yeah, Except but it's, it's made not, from wood. It's made from wood. You can use it to walk around with. Oh, okay. Yeah. And, uh, or bludgeon people to death with it. And then it also had a bomb. Oh well. Yeah. 
Take out both the person who needs killing and a chunk yeah. of this nice manor. How yep. much of the manor is missing? I think the bomb was <laughs> For sure. So players would move around the board, uncover clues, and then try to deduce the murderer, the weapon, and the location, thereby solving the crime. Yeah. Very, like, very, like just a straight cut of, like, Agatha Christie, like, murder mystery novel. They spent most many evenings playtesting the game and inviting over friends to try out their creation. By most accounts, everybody who played it loved it because there was not anything like it before. Yeah. You know? The couple applied for a patent uh, for the game, which they called Murder at Tudor House. Uh, they received the, the hmm. patent. It was granted in April of 1947. Dang. Yeah. So the same year uh, after they got the patent, it was a good decision, the Pratts asked the Bulls if they could facilitate a meeting with Waddingtons to shop the game. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The couple met with Norman Watson, the managing director of Waddingtons. They didn't know it at the time, but Watson was actually like secretly running, helping Cluddy Hutton free Allied prisoners. Awesome. Yeah, which is such a good story. <laughs> yeah, uh, check episode forty-six. Ah, uh, that's where it is. Yeah, well, it's like I was planning on it. So uh, <laughs> they were packing escape kits into Monopoly boards to basically help bust out Allied prisoners that's from awesome. from POW camps. Uh, Watson loved the idea of the game, and he offered them a quick deal, asking only that they trim the possible combinations down to six each and change Colonel Yellow's name uh, to Colonel Mustard. And his reasoning was is that Colonel Yellow has like certain Dino, like a certain <laughs> real stupid name. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it basically yeah, Yellow is a slang term for being cowardly. Yeah. Oh, so, that makes sense. Yeah. Captain Coward. That. Colonel mm-hmm. Coward. Colonel Coward. <laughs> I was like, Captain, no. Why'd you demote him? He is demoted. it because he's a coward? Well, he's a murderer. Yep. And a coward. And a coward. So the final roster of the game was Dr. Samuel Black as the murdered character. Colonel Mustard. I never knew the murder character had a name. In the American versions, he's Mr. Body. <laughs> That's a little on the nose. Yeah. Stupid. That's Americans for you. That's yeah. just yeah. low like brow. A people that lacks subtlety in any way. <laughs> oh, it's a body. Let's name him Body. Yeah. Move on. What's next? His name's uh, D- Mr. P. Dot body. David Peabody. <laughs> Go. Uh, so Colonel Mustard as the great white hunter and imperialist. Miss White, the frazzled servant who served Mr. Black. The Reverend Mr. Green, the hypocritical Anglican priest. You had Mrs. <laughs> Peacock. Specific. Yeah, well, that's, that's like, I guess, from the patent. Yeah. Sure. Good Lord. Uh, Mrs. Peacock, the grand dame and dignified lady. Oh. Uh, Miss Scarlet, the smoldering femme fatale. Oh, yeah. Ooh, just hear that sizzle. Yeah, welcome to my secret garden. <laughs> <laughs> There's no garden. And then Mr. Uh, and then, sorry, Professor <laughs> Plum, the eccentric and quick-witted academic. Yeah. The weapons that were included, we talked about the gun, the dagger, the rope, the candlestick, a wrench, and a lead pipe. Those were all of the weapons. A lot of bludgeoning. No more bombs. Yeah, mm. no more bombs. They said if no uh, more poisoning, no more bombs. They said, I had a good point. Like uh, Watson said, if you had included the bomb, like it'd be pretty obvious that they were killed by a bomb. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Agreed. Uh, he, uh, Watson. This room's all jacked up. Yeah. <laughs> There's a, giant, there's a giant hole. Also, body parts. <laughs> yeah, I oh. choose wrench. <laughs> hey, let me give me mate a hand. <laughs> and you pick up his hand, waving around. That's how I, I, I get it. I get it. Wow, this hypodermic needle was nuts. <laughs> <laughs> really stabby with this. Yeah. So Watson also recommended a name change. Uh, they settled on Cluedo, a portmanteau of Clue and Ludo, which was a popular British game at the time. Hmm. Cluedo. Cluedo. All right. Familiar. I've heard Cluedo before. Yep, so post-war shortages delayed the release of the game by several months, but it was well worth the wait. Uh, the rope was actually made from heavy twisted thread, hmm. like fashioned into a rope. Um, the six weapons were all cast in metal, uh, and the lead pipe was uh, manufactured with an actual piece of highly poisonous lead. 
<laughs> Oops. Yep. Excellent. Yeah. What I like to do is stir my tea with it. <laughs> yeah. It's, I'm just going to put it in my mouth. Is that cool? Is that uh, weird? Clean it off. It's got jelly on it. <laughs> After the game was finally published in 1949, Pratt found himself waiting for the game to start flying off the shelves, which didn't seem to be happening initially. Oh, Yeah. That success was going to be hard fought. It finally started happening in 1952. Some of the checks started finally coming in. And it was that, that year that Waddington wrote 19, to inform. What? 1952. Okay. So that was that year that they wrote that um, Pratt and say, hey, like the sale of Clue just wasn't going very well. In 1953, Pratt learned that he and his wife, Elva, were expecting a daughter. And so. It was 50. Yeah. So he Ooh. was like, <laughs> he said, I have to make a decision. I'm going to sign over the foreign publishing rights for Clue to nope. Waddington's. Huge mistake. Yeah. yeah. And they gave him 5,000 pounds, which was like a ton of money back in the day. Yeah. Yeah. But. I assume that's like finished paying off your house money at that point. Yeah. It was like buy a house money, I think. Well, nice. Yeah. And it ended up being like one of the worst decisions he made in his sure. entire life. That <laughs> seems like a really bad deal. Yeah. <laughs> considering what I know about Clue now. Um, while Pratt could still make money from overseas royalties, he couldn't make other deals to distribute the game. So, like, he would still get checks from overseas sales. Okay, so he's not getting nothing out of yeah, it. Yeah, he's not getting nothing, but compared to what he could have gotten. Yeah, if he was making yeah. his own Like, deals. if he had been able to approach, like, Milton Bradley or Parker Brothers yeah. with Cluedo, he probably would have made a ton more money. Sure. The, anyway, so after he signs over all the rights, that's when it starts to suddenly really go to the moon as far as sales. <laughs> it's going go. to the moon! Going to the moon. It wasn't ever especially popular in Britain, but when it hit the U.S. market as no. Clue, it was like doing really brisk business. Yeah, and we love our murder. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> we we truly do. <laughs> and it was eventually the popularity in the U.S. that like spurred sales around the world. And like, so it was the U.S. market for Clue that kind of made it way more popular in Great Britain. That's silly. Yeah, usually yeah. the whole stuff, time. Usually the good stuff comes from Britain, like the Beatles. Yeah. So Pratt went on to tell. <laughs> Oh my god <laughs> i like went right i went right by that and then it hit me what you said and I was dave, like, and, so. dave and i made eye contact then both looked over at mark if you're unfamiliar with mark's take on the beatles he just thinks they were lucky yeah. i think they're lucky <laughs> yes if it hadn't been the beatles it would have been any one of those other mo- could have been the monkeys it would have been other any of those other muppets like from across could've the been pond david bowie <laughs> <laughs> so anyway now that i'm uh, gonna get some hate mail about that uh, deservedly so <laughs> Um, this is where like he was like talking to a reporter and he said the money really started coming in at that point, but it was never like super dependable and he never knew exactly how much to expect. Uh, he told the newspaper um, that interviewed him four years before his death that some quarters uh, he, the game brought in as, a, a little, as little as a couple hundred pounds. And then other times he would get checks worth 30,000 pounds. <laughs> <laughs> that is a wild difference. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. The money pounds to thirty thousand. Yeah, jeez. The money was enough for him to quit his solicitor's job and then basically Thank go God. back to like doing things he was passionate about. He went, he like basically making tinctures. Went made playing, tinctures, playing piano while making tinctures. He read oh, books. Man. He played the piano. Yeah, for sure. Uh, he invented several more other like board games. Yeah, do like, we none know of them, any of them? No, they weren't as popular. I don't think any of them were ever picked up. Mm, that's true. And then he uh, began to play music. Uh, he actually was invited by his cousin to play the BBC Symphony Orchestra. Oh, that's cool. That's yeah. The Pratts also purchased like several homes. Oh. So they oh. like began to buy like certain like vacation houses that clue and money? stuff like that. Yeah. I know. And then one day, then one while day. they were on their vacation, in oh. their vacation. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> a murder. A murder has been a murder. <laughs> 
1961, the British patents for Clue were about to expire. Uh, it seems like Pat Pratt managed to renew them for at least another four years. But then finally the patent rights lapsed and the checks from Waddington stopped coming altogether. Oh, no. Uh, it was around this time that inflation in the British economy severely eroded the nest egg that that Pratt had managed to make for himself. So he had like the economic downturn in Britain basically wiped out all of his savings and that stuff. That's a bummer. Yeah. Um, so he eventually went back to work at a solicitor's office. Oh, <laughs> yeah. That sucks. And watched as the game that he invented uh, made money for everybody but himself. That sucks. Yeah, it's a bit of a bummer. Yeah, I feel like he was still alive. Like that shouldn't have happened. You should yeah. still get money. Yeah. Still get money. I think that once he's dead, his family shouldn't. (laughs) Patents are stupid. Yeah. Yeah, patent law is so, so dumb sometimes. I made this. Well. (laughs) Well, I'm going to sell it and make money. Not according to this paper. <laughs> Anthony eventually faded from public view. Um, he became just another anonymous British worker in like the hard times of the British economy. I picture him just walking down and looking into a window and seeing a, like a copy of Clue in the window. Mm-hmm. And, it's like, like, oh. and in the background, like that sad walking away music from The Incredible Hulk is playing. So Pratt himself was like pretty okay about this turn of events. He was like very sanguine about the entire thing. His wife Elva, on the other hand, was really, really mad. Yeah, it would have been white mm-hmm. eyes. <laughs> Makes uh, sense. Uh, Pratt was quoted in the newspaper article as saying, "Quote: My wife would lament that we weren't Americans. We would have made a fortune." <laughs> <laughs> And he's not wrong. I mean, uh, Charles Darrow literally stole a game and marketed it as his own yeah. and made and died a multimillionaire. Yeah. He was honored on the Atlantic Boardwalk even stole today. Stole that monopoly. Uh, Marsha Pratt, the, the couple's only daughter, put it much more bluntly. Quote, basically, uh, she thought they'd been diddled. <laughs> That's a fair yeah. That is such a British way to say it. It is that. a super unfortunate way to say it. I think that translation is a little different for us. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Pratt said in the 1991 interview, quote, a letter came with a check and the news that there would be no more because the patents had lapsed. That was that. We did not mind. You know, it had been uh, one of life's little bonuses. A great deal of fun went into it, so I grumble. Because it's yours. Yeah. <laughs> oh, press on. Back to the patent office. <laughs> so the couple retired to Birmingham. Uh, so I did it again, Birmingham. The couple retired to Birmingham. They came back I feel home. like you said Birmingham a couple times earlier. I was going to let it go, but yeah, I want man, the did I really? to bury you with it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah thanks, Dan. <laughs> I appreciate that. So they went back home to Birmingham in 1980 and spent the last years of their life enjoying each other's company. You know what else happened in 1980? You. Old Dan the that Man. That guy right born. there. Old Dan the Man was born. Are they your parents? <laughs> <laughs> Were you what they enjoyed in their retirement? Well, as a child, I was not very enjoyable. <laughs> a love child. Yeah. yeah. As a 40 year old, you're. Eh. Yeah. My other question best. is my other question is Were you the one that killed Elvo Pratt? <laughs> Did she get killed? She she died. Yes, but, but was she, she murdered? murdered? No, she actually died of all um, of being old. As I think hell. she just died of being <laughs> yeah old. She died of being old. It was weird. Uh, half of the house is missing. Her body parts <laughs> are everywhere. everywhere, and then the coroner's report <laughs> came back. Old age came back. Old, old age, age. Uh, died of old age. So <laughs> if I had to guess, old, <laughs> age. old age. Yeah. So Elva passed away first, uh, and Anthony Pratt like eventually started becoming very forgetful. And he was later diagnosed with Alzheimer's. Yeah. So yeah. there's um, been a murder, I think. Maybe. There's maybe. been a murder. I Let think. me look into it. So the money was all gone, and Anthony uh, moved into a nursing home, and he brought with him his most prized possession, which wasn't a first edition version of Clue. That would have been dope. It was his uh, piano. Mm. He brought his piano with that him. That makes more sense. Yeah. Uh. 
Uh, eventually, the Birmingham Evening Mail learned that the man who invented Clue was a resident of their very own city. They dispatched a reporter to the nursing home where Pratt lived. Most of the quotes in this topic were directly from that article. I yeah. have it all and in the show said, notes. they said, we heard you invent a clue. And he's like, eh, I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> Did I? Did I? <laughs> Doesn't sound like me. Yeah. So I like the piano. <laughs> there's some like really cool stuff in the show notes. Um, there's like a couple long form magazine reads about this. Um, it's all very cool. I definitely recommend you guys take take down poke around and yeah, seeing what they got. That's really cool. I'm also going to include uh, in the show notes a YouTube link to the sad walking away music from the Incredible Hulk. Cause Do it. Because I it. referenced it like five times. <laughs> Do it. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, like it's pretty great. Yeah, the joke's just not going to sing. So if yeah. you don't know that song, <laughs> I'll add that into the show notes as well. That's a good point, Dave. Uh, the reporter spent an evening with the old man, taking care to note that the shepherd's pie, Anthony. He was eating at the time had been provided uh, by Meals on Wheels. Oh, that is a bummer. Yeah. Uh, the millions of dollars hadn't made Pratt bitter uh, when the reporter referred to Miss Scarlet as the Cluedo crumpet. The old man... <laughs> <laughs> I the, do like that, though. The old man was shocked. Quote, it's a dreadful way to describe the poor girl. You might think that, but you mustn't say it. Goodness me, no. <laughs> so, I mean, still so proper. I mean, mm. she could be a murderer. <laughs> mm, that's fair. He yep. should. They should have played Clue with him. They should have. That would have been great. They missed out. Missed yep. a big opportunity. Instead, mm-hmm. she watched him eat shepherd's pie. <laughs> Not even good shepherd's <laughs> pie. Yeah, Meals on Wheels shepherd's pie. It's a bummer. When the reporter left that night, it was the last time anybody had ever publicly, would ever publicly ask Pratt about the game. Um, he died four years later on April 9th, 1994 at the age of 94. 90. Yeah, he was 90 years old. Uh, Marsha Pratt had his tombstone epitaph read, In loving memory of a very dear father, Anthony E. Pratt, inventor of Cluedo, sadly missed. Mm-hmm. If he was missed, it wasn't by Waddington's. <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, They were too busy counting their scratch. When the game's 50th anniversary came in the mid-90s, Waddington's finally thought to track down their missing designer. They're like, hey, whatever happened to that guy who sold hey, us who the game? Hey, who invented this game? <laughs> <laughs> uh, they hadn't realized he died. Like, the, so, awesome. Wow. Yeah, it was really bad. So oh, they, man. The, if like, I was that daughter, I would have let him have it. <laughs> Yeah, so they had put out like a like a newspaper ad asking for information about like the inventor of Clue, the whole nine yards, oh, and man. then they found out that he had passed away. You're right; they were very embarrassed. They had to put out like a whole press statement about, oh, how we found the inventor of Clue, and unfortunately, he's dead. Like he died. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know why we yeah. lost track of him? Because we stopped paying him. We stopped years giving ago. him money like 30 years ago. Oh yeah. Uh, Cluedo is one of the few games in history to ever sell more than one billion dollars in sales. Oh. Dang. The game has been redesigned and reskinned many times in yeah. each foreign market. Simpsons Clue. Yep. Yeah, and it's uh, it's definitely considered a board game classic. Uh, it's spawned a book series, musicals, plays, and a pretty funny oh. feature um, film a movie yeah. with a murderous row of actors. That so, film is funny. fantastic. It's great, very funny. Yeah, I love. That's so funny. I watched it for the very first time. When your wife was the understudy for Yvette. Yep. And I was like, I don't know anything about Clue. I have to watch it. So it's good. It was good. Yeah. We did not go see the show she was the understudy for. <laughs> well, you know, she wasn't in it. So I think uh, that was like COVID time, though, too. Yeah. So, yeah. It was like pushing towards the COVID yeah. times. While the financial success may have eluded him at the end of his life, it's pretty clear that Anthony Pratt's game was indeed, uh, has indeed distracted and given millions of people a reason to gather around a table and remember those old games of murder. I'm pretty sure that although he left the world poor, he made the lives of most people richer with his murderous creation. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I thoroughly appreciate the place in board game history that Clue resides. Oh my god! Yeah. That being said, I never care to play it again. Yeah. I would not play it a million times. I, I would not one play it one more time. time. Yeah, it's, it's but I respect it absolutely. for for what it does. It's up there with Risk, yeah. I, mm-hmm. not Monopoly. 
game's terrible. But it's up there with with Risk, uh, you know, in that I respect it for what it is, but it's been done so much better yeah, now. Yeah, I don't want to play yeah, Risk. Yeah, it's, it's so interesting because, like, you have these games that are invented by these, like, relatively obscure people. Yeah. And the, the impacts that they have on the popular culture of, like, the world are, they're just kind of astonishing that, mm-hmm. like, if you told him in the 40s when he was designing this game, like 50 years from now, yeah. there's going to be a dude who is like playing in the Clue World Championships and he's going to be dressed up as Colonel Mustard in <laughs> character. He's got a really good chance of winning. Yeah, that's why. Like, that's it's crazy to me. Like, the yeah, and then 65 years from now, there's going to be these three sweaty dudes <laughs> talking about yeah. Clue on a podcast. <laughs> yeah, they're going to be mentioning you by name. They're gonna be, like, one of them is going to have like doing a lot of reading about what your childhood years were like. <laughs> it's going to be so weird. Yeah, that's it's, I mean, it's crazy. It's kind of surreal, like, just to think about like such a small thing in his life like oh, i'm gonna create this board game because i miss playing games like that yeah. mm-hmm. and then it like changed history really yeah i yeah. mean it really does i mean you think about like just how like even just the tropes of modern mysteries go today yeah like how many riffs about clue do you sure. see like in popular culture mm-hmm. and how many people does that influence to make stuff like, i can't wait for us to not ever change anything in it <laughs> <laughs> I, well, I gotta say, so far so good. So far yeah, so good. Yeah, I'm, I'm on a roll. I'm betting a thousand as far as like changing the world goes. I'm on a roll. I yeah. I think like that is like a pretty iconic game. But I think if some like this podcast somehow changed history, that would be a real bummer. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I can only imagine. Yeah. Like, uh, sorry, I can only everybody. imagine we accidentally inspired like some weird <laughs> some, like extremist organization. Uh, yeah, sorry, I'm everybody. Gonna, I'm just gonna apologize right now. Yeah, yeah. I didn't mean to. I want, I'd like to get that one back, please. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, so that's episode number 49. Board game, uh, what is this show called? Random Draw Board Game Podcast. <laughs> uh, 49 episodes of this. Yeah. Uh, if you have any questions or comments or like to say anything, uh, go ahead and shoot us an email at randomdrawpodcast at gmail.com. And if you have any suggestions for something you want to hear for our big 50th episode, yeah. also let us know, randomdrawpodcast at gmail.com. Yeah. yeah. Well, what up I mean, to we'll do all anything. the listeners out there? I've been talking to a lot of you guys on Instagram, so it's always nice interacting with everybody. So, a lot of times, I mean, a lot of planning goes in the show. We pick what games we're going to talk about two minutes before we start recording. <laughs> yeah. So. yeah, we make Dan write them down in pen. I like do it in pen. <laughs> now there's no going back. Mm-hmm. Also, restaurant hard to spell. <laughs> and now for something completely different. This there microphone smells weird. I think it's the cover. I think they maybe disinfected it. So it's clean. Yeah, I don't know that I like. I don't it, know that I like it clean. Is it clean on like your uh, mouth? I like it nah. dirty. Dirty. dirty mouth. I like it dirty. You guys remember that Bubba Chris, Sparks Christina Aguilera song? New. I don't know the words. I just remember the, the dirty part. I don't care about the words. That was a better version. <laughs> nope, I don't remember. Uh, Oddly no. enough, I wasn't a huge Christina. Well, I was, but for not her Different. musical talent. A couple other reasons. <laughs> I was a huge <laughs> muted Christina. <laughs> didn't quite want to listen to her, yeah. but I did want to see what she was doing. Yeah, She's a genie in a bottle. Yeah, you gotta rub her the right that way. Song. I don't know. There were portions of her career that she looked too dirty to rub. Dirty's oh. not the problem. Pregnant was the problem. <laughs> <laughs> dirty, it, I'm okay with. Yeah, the Candyman uh, phase of Christina Aguilera, where she like went platinum blonde, the with the uh, pinup hair style. Yeah, 
No. Uh, well, how'd that song go? Uh, the Candyman can. Is that the one? It's close. I don't they think that's that song <laughs> in the beat. Didn't Christina Aguilera slash the candy uh, shop salesman sing that in the Willy Wonka on the Chalk Factory? Right? <laughs> By that the was way, Christina Aguilera, right? Was the Did remake. you see who's going to be the new Willy Wonka? No. Oh, why would there first be another of, Willy Wonka? Yes. What yeah. Dan said. That <laughs> exactly. is precisely my yeah, question. You, the think, first off, they shouldn't have remade it the first yeah, time. Johnny yeah. Depp shouldn't have been yeah. Willy Wonka. Timothy Chalamet. Shamalay? I don't know who that He's is. He's a waifish looking young man who's going <laughs> to oh, be. Oh, I know who he is. He has black gonna hair. He's going to be in the new Dune. He, yeah, I know who you're talking about. Yeah. He's going to be Willy Wonka? Yeah, that's what I heard. Why Willy are Wonka. they remaking Will? Is it a remake or is it a sequel? Because American culture is bankrupt, Dave Hubbard, and there is no. They already made anymore. the perfect Willy Wonka in the whatever 80s or whenever it came yeah. out. Yeah. With Gene, the, Wilder Gene Wilder. Gene perfect. Wilder was the perfect <laughs> Willy Wonka. What are you doing? You only do it the once. I can only believe movies that have four old people who have not gotten out of bed in 30 plus years. What a yeah. bunch of bums, But the, by the moment way. they move their legs, they work just fine. Fine. No atrophy whatsoever. No atrophy, no bed sores, <laughs> nothing. Mm-hmm. That's how it works. Trust that, me. I'm a healthcare big bed. professional. Uh, yeah. I mean, it wasn't that big. I'm, I'm glad you couldn't smell in that movie. I mean, I can't imagine four old people in a bed for 30 years that smell good. No. Or maybe no. My favorite part is when they uh, when they drowned that German I like child when they in chocolate. Kill, I like when they kill all the kids. <laughs> <laughs> I also like that. You know what? They all deserved it. Yeah. Don't be little turds. What are you doing? I'm adjusting. Having a real uh, chair time. You got it? Yeah. So I like it when it's holding my love handles. (laughs) (laughs) Gently caressing them. So at work today, where I work in the back of the building, there is two restrooms right next to each other, men's and women's. And then the the toilet is like at the it's a single person toilet. It's at like the back of this little bathroom. It's not a stall, it's just like this long bathroom. Okay. So like from the door to the toilet is like 15 feet it is like (laughs) it's far away and it's like kind of weird so in these bathrooms it's close to my office and there's not a lot of foot traffic so i use it a lot but those bathrooms always make me a little awkward because like if someone starts opening the door and i forget to lock it i cannot grab yeah there's no there's no stopping it from happening no it's it's forever away so Uh i just have to trust so every time i lock it and then i give it a push to make sure that i've not screwed something up in that way yeah so i'm in there doing my business uh, on work hours on my phone. Yeah. You make a penny, the boss makes a dime. That's yeah. why you poop on company time. Exactly. So I'm in there. <laughs> and normally what happens if someone tries to get in the bathroom, they just turn the handle and pull. And if it's locked, somebody's in there. Uh-huh. You walk away. Mm-hmm. And you come back later to find another bathroom. And I assume you're in there yelling, I'm pooping. No, I don't yell anything because that is like the... That's the unspoken code That's of the protocol. Like, yeah. pull, yeah. no, oh, someone's in there, all right. And also, a lot of times, someone will pull on the door, and then you'll hear them go, damn it, and like, or something, <laughs> something like that. And that makes me chuckle. Because they also wanted the secret back room. Exactly. Yeah. Pooping yeah. time. The secretary that works in my department is, like, in her 50s. And so she was coming out of the women's bathroom as someone was, like, pulling on the door. And then they were walking away, and she's like, did you knock? And he goes, why would I knock? She goes, well, sometimes that door can lock on its own. Which has never happened in the five years I've worked. <laughs> Do you think she just assumes every time that you're in there <laughs> that the door is locked? Like, on the door just locks on its own. <laughs> so she goes, "Well, you'll you will knock. We'll see if someone's in there." So she starts knocking, and then continuously talking. So she's like, "Hello, is anybody in there? If you're in there, I'm coming in. Hello." So I'm saying like, "No, I'm in here. Like I'm," in, but she can't hear me because right. she won't give it time to answer. Yeah. So she's like just talking, and I'm like, "No, I'm I'm in here. No, please don't try to come in." And then so I hear her walk away, and she goes, "No, no one's in there. It must be locked." 
we'll get the custodian. <laughs> and at this point, like I'm halfway done with my business, and I'm like, rut row. Like, yeah, I'm on, I'm on the clock now. Yo, yeah, what in the world? So I hear the custodian walking over, and then I hear the key slide in. And I go, no, I'm in here, like louder this time. And then the custodian goes, someone's in there. And she goes, no, I knocked. And and, and he goes, I heard someone. I'm not going to unlock the door. Yeah. So at this point, I'm what finally drama. Oh my god! At this point, I'm finally up washing my hands, like yeah, like make, darting eyes coughing. at the door. <clears throat> yeah. And I like fling the door open. Uh-huh. There are five people outside this door. <laughs> oh no! And I, I'm like, I don't care if people know I'm pooping because like yeah, cause literally everybody poops, everybody poops yeah. and it's not. It didn't smell. Over like terrible, which was a good thing. Or, well, it's, it's also because it's three miles away. From yeah, there. yeah. Because you would never smell. It takes ten minutes to get here. Or you were nose blind, and now could be. But no one said anything. Everyone was very polite about the smell. So uh, I turned to her and I was like, "What is your problem?" And she's like, "I knocked." And I go, "No, you knocked and never shut up. Like if you ask someone a question and then just talk over the top of them, uh-huh. don't be surprised when you don't hear them." Yeah. And she's like, well, I didn't hear you. And I was just like, and I, so I vowed to her, like, I will make you pay for this. Yeah, you will <laughs> like, pay. For this, you will pay. Uh-huh. <laughs> so she is terrified of spiders. Mm. And so there is probably a two-inch gap under these doors. And I am going to get some fake spiders and <laughs> wait for her to go in there. And I'm just going to fling one under there. Oh, that's so funny. I'm gonna, I And then I'm going to put some on our desk. I, like, and then are you going to knock, but then always keep talking when she screams about the yeah. spider? Oh, my Somebody God. Is there? anybody Somebody in there? There's I don't a spider hear anybody. Right under the door. I don't have, I'll get the custodian. <laughs> I, was, I was just so annoyed at the whole thing. Oh, man. That's... Like, what in the world? And then, like, I didn't finish all the way like I wanted to. Because well, you got nervous. Yeah. Well, yeah. You just yeah. sucked it back up. But it's in me still, probably. Yeah, I'd probably be sick from. It. So I feel your, I feel your pain, Dan, because I work at a psychiatric facility, right? So <laughs> me every, too. Apparently, every door you cannot lock unless you have the keys to it. Oh no! Right. So like there are these two bathrooms that are like a little ways away from the pharmacy. So one day I was in there and I was u- using the facilities and uh, I had locked it. And the person who was like trying to get in because those doors are always locked, you have to always unlock them like from the outside. Because there's a lock on the outside, there's a lock on the inside, and your job is to knock on the door before you just assume that nobody's in there. Right. Like so, the key slides into the thing, oh, and no. I hear the click, and I like whip around, and I was like, "I'm in here," <laughs> and it was they were like on their way in, and yeah. they're like, "Oh my god, I'm so sorry," and then they locked it back up, and I was like, "Why wouldn't you knock?" That same bathroom, I had opened the door before, and there's a guy like washing his hands, and he's like, "Oh, I'll be right out." <laughs> I'm like. <laughs> Which is the calmest he, way to like? He was totally fine. He was just like, yeah. oh, "I'm just washing my hands." I'm like, oh, well, "Like, how long has this door been unlocked?" Yeah. <laughs> what so. you have to do at that point is, "Oh, I'll be right out." Nah, don't worry about it. And then just walk, walk in. Walk in. <laughs> well, because I'm such an awkward human being, I was like, "Oh no, it, it's all good." And I left. <laughs> like I walked off. <laughs> I just had to wait like two seconds, but I couldn't. I was like, "No, I'm. I don't even have to go." No, <laughs> like, yeah, I was just. It's was, gone away. It's gone. I was no, just checking. I was just coming in here to fix my hair. Yeah, I was just <laughs> just checking on on it. I guess that's why uh, I like recording in this building. There are four bathrooms. There are three of us. Yeah. We'll probably be okay. I mean, <laughs> probably. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I don't know. I've had a real bad run of it lately. Yeah. Well, you know, we'll have to just keep an eye out for you, Dan. Yeah. Let me, if I got to go, 
Just let it, just let it be for a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> I can't wait until game day. I'm gonna wait and see if Dan ever goes upstairs during the day. That's we'll run I, upstairs, that's when I go. knock on that door. <laughs> I go up there. Hello, is there anyone in here? Is anyone Hello, here? <laughs> All right, nobody's here. I guess nobody's I'll come, come in. in. <laughs> I was just like, what the hell? Like, you never stopped talking. And then that same, like later that day, she, I sent her a message. We used like a Jabber Cisco system, mm-hmm. just like an IM. And I was like, hey, I have a question for you. She's like, oh, yeah, what's that? And I was like, do I go to my boss or do I go right to HR um, for people trying to barge in on me on the bathroom? (laughs) She's like, very funny. Yeah, yeah. And then she goes, hey, in your travels to, like, the thrift stores, if you find a PS5, my son is looking for one. Yeah, they're going to be the (laughs) thrift store. I said, what the hell are you talking about? (laughs) You clearly don't know what a PS5 is. Yeah, I was like, what are you going on about? She's like, well, if you see one anywhere. It's like, nobody sees them anywhere. (laughs) Yeah. Just get purchased. Yeah, I've been trying to buy an Xbox One for like a month and a half now, and I I will wait until I buy one. one. Yeah, I will wait. I, like, yeah, I'm not going to buy from a scalper. It. I'll I'm, never pay a scalper. I'm not in a hurry. I, I'll be fine. Yeah. yeah, mine works fine, and I also have my PC, so it's not the end of the world. I would like one. I for sure like one, but it's not. Yeah, it's I'm not, not like going to pay extra for it. Necessary. If, thing eventually, right it'll just be in the store. Oh man, I've gotten totally into those Tall Tale, Telltale, Telltale, Telltale games. games. Uh, you like those? The point and click games. So here's why I me like. Either them. I hate them. Not I for can't me. Stand them. Not for me, dog. <laughs> because you can play them on the Xbox app on your phone. No, I don't. And they're the only games that work well on your phone because all the rest of them, it's like there's too many buttons. I need to be pressing too many buttons. My thumbs are covering the whole screen. Like it's hard to play most games. Those because they're just point and click adventures. Perfect for playing on your phone. What I hate about them is everything. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Like the real emphasis on story. They're all very incredibly boring. Yeah. You know, Mark, I feel like you would love an emphasis Mm -hmm. on story of all people here. No, dog. I just like violence. (laughs) I choose violence. Listen, when I'm playing a video game, I'm there to tune out. Me too. Sometimes playing those games you can choose violence like well, it's a choice yeah but i don't want to wait 20 minutes to choose it. i want to already be doing it yeah that's like, like the same <laughs> i want it to already be happening that's like with those like big like i always want to play like a jrpg but mm. then i'm like just scrolling through text and then like they give me a choice and i'm like whoa like i wasn't paying attention that's the worst at all. <laughs> yeah, that's the worst part about octopath travelers that there's like a ton of like dialogue and i don't stuff. need it's, that it's all story. okay it's not bad none of it's bad but there's a lot of it that is there's, there's, there's that's what's so, yeah, there's so much of it. The volume is there. <laughs> yeah, I can't. That's what. That's why I like Oblivion and games like that. Like if I want or Fallout. Like there is some story there, and I could search it out if I want. But mm-hmm. there's also so much violence to be had. <laughs> there's just there's just a nation of raiders that need to be killed. <laughs> They're everywhere, and I have so many bullets. You don't even feel bad about it I after a while. I don't feel bad. No. I feel good. Game over, man. Game over.